If you are in Sydney or Melbourne, listen up because we have some exciting news for you. Listen. Yeah, listen. Saturday, July. (laughs) Melbourne, we are doing Do Go On The Quiz Show live one night only or one afternoon only. Part of the Replay Festival at Comedy Republic on Saturday, July 6th at 3pm. This is 2024. And then the next weekend in Sydney, we are going up for a live Do Go On podcast at the fabulous Ritz Cinema on Saturday, July 13th at 3pm. Also 2024. Yeah, 2024. Yeah. Listen. 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 And get tickets. Buy tickets. Tickets at Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Hello and welcome to another episode of Do Go On. My name is Dave Warnke and as always I'm here with Matt Stewart and Jess Perkins. Or as they call us in the biz. Uh, oh, Sass Twins. Oh, yep. Thank you. <laughs> oh, no. I wish you'd let her just have a little bit more of a second there to think about what she was going to say. Was hey, gonna, Sassy Jess. I was going to improv and you know, that's never good. Hey, little Dave. How's it going, everybody? Hey. It's going. Isn't it good to be alive? Yes, it's great. I'm ready to be sassed. Yep. Yep. Prepare uh, for, yourself. For new listeners, uh, when Dave does the report, Jess and I combine to create the Sass Twins, a very powerful duo who take da- Dave down with Sass. I'm imagining like the Hulk, like we get quite big. We're also pink, so no copyright issues. Yeah. But we're conjoined twins. I really hope someone out there is going, oh, I'm actually the Hulk in Series 32 was <laughs> pink. <laughs> Due to a colouring uh, issue at the inking. So you are going to have a few copyright issues. <laughs> You will I need also permission. hope that's the thing. That but you had no other objections to how I imagine the Sass Twins. No, I love the rest of it. Wonderful. We're also wearing loincloths. Yeah. And you're, uh, hmm. you can join, so you combine sort of Power Ranger style and become one. Yes. Love it. Hmm. Yeah. Hey, Dave, people can watch uh, a new fantastic new web series ne- from next Friday. Is that right? Yes, that is absolutely you right. You look so confused. You told me to bring this up <laughs> moments ago. Well, it looks like the sasser has You're become about to, sassed. <laughs> You're about to plug the West Wing or something. Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, let me bring up the, the date it airs on uh, Channel 9 here. Uh, no, we are we have been working on for the last six months, somewhat unsecretly. I, th- I can't remember if we've talked about it that much, but the web a web series version of this show. Mm. 
which will be coming out, uh, yeah, Australian time, Friday, May 22nd, which is next Friday, a little bit over a week away, and we are very excited. I'm excited to see it again because we, we filmed it at the end of last year, so it's been a while, um, and I've forgotten it all. So I'm excited to watch it. It'll be like brand new for yeah. me. I remember it was nine of the best ever topics we've ever done. Yes. And these are exclusive to the web series. And nine of the best ever outfits we've ever worn. <laughs> oh, we look so good. Yeah. We look hot. We got a set put together and everything. It's it's real cool. Yeah, we had a great time. So well, it's, it's weird me saying this is real cool. Okay, what? do you want me to say it? I, I really want the listeners to say it to me. Okay. <laughs> what about it was fun? It was fun. I think I can say fun. Yeah, it was fun to make. Yeah. Hopefully it's fun to watch. And it will be debuting because we made it with uh, the good people at <laughs> Stupid... Debuting. <laughs> Sorry, debuting. Uh, Debooting. <laughs> Debutting. On, on the Stupid Old channel on YouTube because we made it with uh, the great people at Stupid Old Studios. Yes. So head over there and subscribe right now yes. so you don't miss a thing. There'll oh, be a link, I guess, yeah. in the show notes. I'll link but I think it. it's, if you just search Stupid Old Channel... You should be able to find it. Mm. If people are looking at YouTube things, I'm doing some YouTube chats. I did one with Dave a few weeks ago. Hopefully doing one with Jess soon. I'm talking to her people. They haven't got back to me as yet. <laughs> so you're not talking. Oh, you're leaving well, messages yeah, for people. Yeah, well, it's a one-way combo <laughs> thus far. <laughs> Call me back. <laughs> but I've done uh, one with Dave, one with Evan Munro-Smith, one with Cass Page, and you can um, see them at youtube.com slash Stewart. And there's uh, some old stand-up stuffs on there as well, bits and pieces. So you're going to be seeing a lot of our mugs coming up. Oh, yeah. We've gone mug heavy. Should we print mugs? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's mug heavy. <laughs> our mugs on a mug. That's, that's good. good. That's good. That is that good. That is good. Anyway, the way this show works, Jess always explains it best. So, my name's Jess. <laughs> that one over there is called Dave. The other guy is Matt. Hello. Together, <laughs> we are Do Go On. Uh, and what we do here at Do Go On is that one of us does research on a topic, brings it into the group, reports back to the others, in this case the Sass Twins, annihilate Dave at any opportunity we can. Um, and hopefully we'll do a little bit of learning and a little bit of laughing. The full name is Savage Sass Twins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the yeah. SST. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. So, yeah, that's how the show works. I think that was uh, beautifully described. Thank now, you. let's see if this Poindexter uh, can come <laughs> good with his part of the bargain. Uh, the other <laughs> thing we should mention is, yeah, sometimes we do interrupt and it's annoying. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Dave, uh, we normally start the report with a question. What's your question this week? All right, I got, I got a question and then a follow-up question. Oh, so, two questions. So you can get a point each year. Hmm. Now, the question is, first of all, which team was the talk... Of the 1992 Olympic Games. The dream team. It is the dream team. One point. But follow-up question for you, Jess. Mm. A lot harder, but if you get it, you, I'll give you oh, two. Fuck you. It's not going to be. I'm which, not going to get it. Which other country's 1992 basketball team should we all know? <laughs> is it Croatia? It is not Croatia. I mean, they did well at the Olympics. Is which it we'll the talk Boomers? About. It's not the boomers. Oh, is, is it, it going to be? Is it like the? Is it the equivalent of Eric the Eel sort of thing? Like they'd never seen a basketball court before. <laughs> well, almost. <laughs> oh, who uh, could it be? Iceland. I keep wanting to say China, but I don't know why. It is not Iceland or China. It is Lithuania. Oh, Lithuania. Ah. 
Yes, and I've written Lithuania, baby. Okay. okay. So this report is about Lithuania. Uh, well, it is about... So I messaged you guys saying it's my longest report ever. Yes. That's because it is about not one, but two topics basically <laughs> in one. Incredible. We are going to be talking about the 1992 Dream Team and also the 1992 Lithuanian men's basketball team. Okay. Fantastic. We haven't done a sports topic in a little while, I reckon. I fig- I, I kind of chose this one because the fact that there's no sport on at the moment. I figured, well, yeah. maybe people are looking for a sports story. Yeah, great. And I've got one that I personally, especially the second half of the story, I'd never heard anything about before. Have cool. you watched any of the Michael or the Chicago Bulls series, The Last Dance? I have watched a bit of it. Yep. I, I purposely skipped ahead. Just so I watched the, there's an episode that mentions the Dream Team. doesn't cover it too much, but I was like, imagine if I hadn't watched that bit no, in two weeks. When I get to that episode five, I'd be like, oh, oh God, wish I watched it. that. So yeah. <laughs> Are you, you've been watching it, Matt? Yeah, I have, yeah. Loving it's really it. good. It's really good. I've also seen bits of it. Yeah, obviously you're the only basketballer in the, in the trio. That went without saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah you're, a, you're a real b-baller. Where were you in 92? Were you on the Dream Team? Of course. No. Um, she was dribbling, <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> My brother used to have a poster of Michael Jordan in his bedroom when we were kids. That was cute. I think, now that I think about it, I think he also had a Yahoo Serious poster. Like a, what was the, what was the Ned Kelly one? Reckless Kelly. Reckless Kelly. I think he had a Reckless Kelly poster as well. I've just remembered that. Yeah. Not I, relevant. That sounds like an 80s or 90s basketball player to me, Reckless Kelly. <laughs> yeah. He had some wicked names, which we'll talk about a few of them. All right. So, the 1988 Olympics were held in Seoul and it was pivotal to both teams in this report. Going into the competition, the USA had only ever lost one match at the Olympics. Whoa. In 1972, they lost the, the gold medal match to bitter rivals, the Soviet Union. Team USA won silver that year. But every other Olympics since 1936, the men's team walked away with gold. That's nine gold medals and one silver. So they had an incredible track record. Four. Then in 1988, it was again the Soviet Union that had them unstuck. The Soviets beat them in the semi-final, then went on to win the gold medal over Yugoslavia. So the USA played off against Australia for the bronze medal. Sadly, Australia, including our great hero, Andrew Gaze, lost. And the Americans got the bronze. Have I talked about how much I loved Andrew Gaze as a child? Uh, maybe. I fucking loved Andrew Gaze. Who didn't? I mean, yeah. I still love him. Gazy. G'day. How's I named a goldfish Gaze. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I bet he was probably the star of that pond. Big time. Yeah. I loved Andrew Gaze. Andrew Gaze for non-Australians. He's sort of like the uh, Shakespeare of of Australia, of yes. the Australian basketball court, yeah, absolutely. He's yes. the Michael Jordan of Australia. He <laughs> he's he was, I think, maybe the second ever player to win an NBA championship ring when he was on maybe like <laughs> the second ever Australian player. Australian player, yes. <laughs> I think Luke, I think Luke Longley was the first. Maybe he was the second. He, I don't know if he saw any court time, but I think he got a ring for sitting on the bench. Yeah, we'll for the take Spurs, that. I'm we'll take sure. that. And that is the sweetest way to win a ring. Fact check required. I want to get it. I'm actually on that as well, please. I'm actually... <laughs> and now he commentates sometimes. Yeah. And he's great. He's yeah. so fun to listen to because he just gets very into it. I love him. He's a fun guy. Love His him a lot. His dad was a champion, Lindsay. champion coach. Yeah, I think well, between them they did eight Olympics in a row or something absolutely incredible. I have a signed copy of his autobiography, which I got when I was about 10. And I was too young to read it. 
but I have it. But did you get the signature or did it come with a signature? came with a signature. Nice. So does Gazy come up much in this report? Sadly, Andrew Gaze does come up in this report. Oh, sadly he does. Yeah. <laughs> not a good way? Well, it's uh, sadly it's never good news for Andrew Gaze at the Olympics, let's just say that. Yeah, That's right. true. Okay. Poor old Gazy. I so at the 19, 1988... America got the bronze. At the 88 Olympics and at every other games before, the USA weren't allowed to send professional players that had played in the NBA. That's because traditionally the Olympics had been started for amateur athletes to compete. Oh, of course. That's why you don't still you still don't see pro boxers compete. Often they'll compete when they're young, like Muhammad Ali did, win a gold medal like he did. I think George Foreman did the same. And then afterwards they turn pro. You're not allowed to go to the Olympics gotcha. anymore. It's a strange idea because it's not across the board. Tennis and golf and tennis and golf and you saying golf? You're most telling most me he's not professional? Yeah, some of the most highest paid sports people yeah. in the world to go to the Olympics. So it is strange that it's held up for boxing and for a long time for basketball. Yeah. So so between 1936 and 1988, the US sent college athletes to compete on their behalf. Often this, these players would be future legends of the game, for example. Michael Jordan, who Matt has done a fantastic report on. I mentioned him a couple. There's a little bit of crossover here, but not too much. Uh, so he was part of the gold medal winning team in 1984 and then obviously went on to be a pro. Who is this? Uh, Andrew Gazy Gaze. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, the Andrew Gaze of the American Corps. Oh, cute. Michael, was it? Yeah, they've got, they've got their own basketball scene over there as well. Do they? Yeah, they do. Oh, that's nice. They've, the MB- So, Dave's mentioned the NBA a couple of times. That's their version of the NBL. Oh, <laughs> oh the NBA. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. It's weird. Why do they change L to A? I think we got in first yep. and got NBL. <laughs> and then they're like, oh. Shit. Now well, what do we do? Association. Sounds stupid, but, you know, league's taken. So. Yeah. Damn. Right, okay. So I didn't know they had their whole thing over there. That's nice. So they had their whole thing, but they, they, their whole thing wasn't allowed to go to the Olympics. But by the late 80s, a double standard had emerged. The other countries had started sending athletes that really stretched the meaning of the word amateur. Mm. The Soviet Union and Yugoslavia entered teams of athletes who were all, for all intents and purposes, state-sponsored, quote, full-time amateur athletes. Gotcha. On paper, there were students or soldiers or working in a profession but all of whom were in reality paid by the state to play in well-developed leagues with modern facilities and they were training all year round. Yeah, right. They never stopped. I am accountant. <laughs> that's my accent. <laughs> non, that's my nondescript accent. Right, was that Yugoslavian? Or? Uh, yeah, yeah, it was Lithuanian. No, it was American. That was my American accent. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't play basketball. I accounted. I do taxes. That's good. I don't know what it is, but Me it's, either. it sounds So spot it can't on. be problematic if you're not entirely sure who you're impersonating. Yeah, that's right. That's definitely true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, though, these players were even allowed to play in pro European leagues. Right, okay. So like they could go off to Italy and play they could play in Spain and all, all all these different places against other pros, but the American people, they're only college people. Suddenly these nineteen, twenty, twenty one year old American college athletes were playing against grown men. With serious talent and a lot of experience. Yeah, okay. So the Soviet Union won gold in 1988. The athletes who were awarded these medals were often referred to colloquially as, oh, the Russians won it, the Russians. But four of the five starting players weren't Russian at all. They were Lithuanian. Oh. And four years, as I say, is a long time. And a lot changed between the Olympics in Seoul and its follow-up in Barcelona. The amateur rule would no longer be enforced and the Soviet Union would no longer exist. This left space for the emergence of two very different teams. One would be the greatest team ever assembled in the history of sports. The other, one of the most inspiring you'll ever hear about. This is the tale 
of two dream teams. Oh, <laughs> that's a good line, Dave. Thank you so much. Thought I'd call the episode "The Tale of Two Dream Teams." Love it. Fantastic. Workshop here. Support that. No, no, no. You've nailed it in one. No yeah. need to workshop here. On board. I'm on board. Once, well, I was thinking the dream team and the dreamer team. <laughs> nah, that's not as good. No, that good. sucks. <laughs> uh, I have to uh, shout out to Rob from Perth who suggested the topic of the dream team. Thanks very much for that. And as for the other team in this story, Lithuania, I can't remember how, but recently I came across a fantastic documentary called The Other Dream Team which was released in 2012. I'll link to that in the notes of the episode because it's a, I use it as a big source for this report. Cool. And if you want to watch it, there's a... Yeah, it's awesome. It's really good. Okay, so let's talk about Lithuania. Do you guys know anything about it? I could not find it on a map. I'm so sorry. Well, I think it was part of the Soviet Union. <laughs> oh, very uh, good. Which split up uh, in between the Seoul and Barcelona <laughs> mm. Olympics. Mm. That's true. Was it kind of when the wall came down in 89 or... That was a big part of stepping away from the Union, yes. And Lithuania. So I reckon it's somewhere somewhere in, a, in and around uh, Russia. Probably probably uh, southwest of Russia. God, he's good. Yes. It is a, it's found in northeastern Europe. It's above Poland and Belarus and below Latvia. Just now you know what I'm talking about. Yes, <laughs> now I can sweet picture spot. it. It is the uh, southernmost and largest of the three Baltic states, but has a relatively small population of only 2.7 million people. Like a lot of other countries in the area, it had a tough time for most of the 20th century. And even before that, to be honest, from 1795, Lithuania had been annexed by the Russian Empire, where it was a part of that for a long time. It claimed independence at the end of World War I in 1918, and this freedom would last until 1940. During these decades, basketball emerged as the nation's favourite sport. Basketball was an obsession, ah. a way of life. Kids played on the street, making hoops out of barrels and erecting courts wherever they could, dreaming of making the local team and beyond. And as a country, they got good. In 1937 and 1939, Lithuania won the European Basketball Championships. Oh, wow. Beating much larger teams or countries with much larger populations. Yeah, the, so their population's tiny. That. You know, that's smaller than Melbourne's. Yeah, about half the size of Melbourne. Yeah. And they're, you know, smashing France and Germany and stuff. Sadly, in 1940, Lithuania's uh, brief 20 years of freedom and time at the top of the basketball table was stolen from them when they were invaded by the Soviet Union. The Soviets first made them sign mutual pacts that allowed them to build bases in Lithuania and the other Baltic states. Then they forced the local government to resign. So they were like, yeah, just, uh, just let us build some bases there. No problem, no problem. And then once the bases there, they're like, yeah, we've got the army here now. You've got to go. Shit. Ugh. And uh, it was not good for the locals. Thousands of Lithuanians were then deported to labor camps and gulags in Siberia, where many perished due to inhumane living conditions. Holy shit. And then things went from terrible to worse when the Nazis invaded in 1941. And during the battle between its two occupiers, Lithuania was hit by unspeakable massacres. In 1941, 10% of the population of Lithuania was Jewish. This is unbelievably awful, but according to Britannica, quote, by the end of the year 1941, only 40,000 Jews of the original 250,000 or so remained alive. Oh my God. So in one year, they were absolutely decimated. Terrible stuff. And I'm afraid after World War things didn't, uh, after World War II, I should say, things didn't get better for the country because in 1944, they were incorporated into the USSR, which was, of course, under the tyrannical influence of Joseph Stalin at the time, and the deportations to the Gulag started up again. 
The star. What was Stalin like? He a good guy. Terrible guy. Huh. <laughs> huh. There you go. Though there I believe he was once a Time Magazine Person of the Year. So there you go. Yeah, they've had a few duds on that. Yeah, I a few duds. But I mean, uh, <laughs> in their defense, like the computer. Yeah. <laughs> or you. You the mirror. <laughs> the mirror. <laughs> that includes me. <laughs> if Joseph Stalin was still alive, he'd be like, "I got it again. <laughs> yeah. I got it again. Two time." Didn't um, Hitler get it? Yeah, I think in their defense, it is often the There's most a person influential. Yeah, it's not the best person. Yes, yeah, the most influential sort of person. Yeah. And, you know, I think they probably were in those those years. So you were. Yep, sure. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. I understand that, yes. And my eyes just rolled <laughs> to the back of my head. <laughs> and uh, my brain, which is a type of computer, I believe. A <laughs> supercomputer, if you will. <laughs> person of the year, a computer. Crazy. What's next? A, a horse? <laughs> Sportswoman of the year. It's a horse. Yeah, that happened in Australia. Sportswoman, the sportswoman of sportswoman the year. Sportswoman of the year was a horse. Was a horse. That, I mean, that was an impressive horse, but a little offensive. It wasn't a very impressive horse. Which one? Are we talking Black Caviar or Maccabi Diva here? Black Caviar. Sportswoman of the year. Sportswoman of the year. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of the few things that offered Lithuanians freedom and enjoyment was basketball. Its popularity never waned. In the fantastic documentary I talked about, the other dream team, a survivor of, of a Siberian camp is interviewed and he speaks how basketball basically saved his life. Whoa. At the camp, one of their only freedoms was playing basketball. They built a makeshift court in the camp and then the, ga- uh, the game gave him back his dignity, gave him a sense of purpose and allowed him to retain his sense of humanity. So oh, wow. And this is the sort of passion associated with basketball in Th- Lithuania. It's just a way of life. Cool. Just like Aussie Rules here is here for the bottom corner of our country. Not yeah. bottom corner. It's everywhere but the top Top uh, corner. Top corner. <laughs> Rugby league's two states. The rest is Aussie Rules. It's not this isn't like a split where Aussie Rules is half and and rugby league's the other half. Dave. So don't make don't paint it like that. He's a fan Tasmania, Aussie Rules, Victoria, Aussie Rules, South Australia, Aussie Rules, Western Australia, Aussie Rules. Northern Territory, you could make an argument there's a split there, but I'm going to call it Aussie Rules. That leaves, I can't even remember the names of the other two <laughs> states. Other. Who and cares? the rest. Yeah. Well, we were kicking the footy at the park the other day, as were a bunch of other people, because it is the national pastime, and I may have accidentally kicked the footy into the river. So Wow. And did, uh, did you go for a swim? Did you wade in to get it? The uh, other we na- followed it for a while. <laughs> we followed it down the river for a while, and then it got stuck in like a catchment thing built for uh catching like rubbish and stuff and it was just out of arm's reach we couldn't get it so i have to go buy a footy is what so I'm you left it well yeah we couldn't we couldn't get it so it became rubbish yeah how offensive to the national pastime that is fucked <laughs> i know oh jess no but now the fish have a footy oh that's true so Gotta think about them fish yeah i've kicked a few footies in the river you always go get them Although I don't live on one of the filthiest rivers in Australia. Yeah, it's a gross river. <laughs> and it was getting dark and I was like, no, nah, this is going to end badly. If if one of us tries to get in, it's it's going to be one of those horror stories where it's like we were trying to get a footy and one of us dies, you know? Oh, that sounds like a boring horror film. <laughs> <laughs> don't go in there. <laughs> Why? You might drown. <laughs> oh, no. all right. Well, do you come back as some sort of a football ghost? Yeah, I would assume so. Okay, now I'm, now I'm interested. Now you're terrified. <laughs> Mate, as if a horror film based around an AFL footy isn't your dream movie. That sounds so good. 
I want to watch it. Anyway, back to the dream team. Well, so basketball, it's a it's a way of life. Yeah. Rather tragically, if they got good at the sport, Lithuanians were forced to compete for the USSR. And it was like that for over 50 years. And as a team, the USSR were very successful. At six of its nine appearances at the Summer Olympics, the Soviet team ranked first in the total number of gold medals won. And it was second overall for the other three. Oh, wow. I knew they were dominant, but that's amazing. Yeah. Very powerful. I guess they were a lot of countries. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you got a bigger pool to pick from. Yeah, we're representing, you know, a third of all the countries in the world. Is that about right, Dave? Yeah, if we well, it's not quite that many, I think. But if you were these days, if we were like, oh, we're the Southern Hemisphere team, we'd still maybe make the top five. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, the Southern Hemisphere isn't. It isn't what it used to be. You know. <laughs> yeah. Back in the 90s, oh, the Southern Hemisphere used oh to kick God. ass. Yeah, we, and like we, Remember when the Boomers played off in the bronze medal match? <laughs> and lost? And lost. Oh, that's good shit. Oh, it's it's pretty amazing Australia came fourth in basketball one time. Yeah. What have I told you it was not just one time? I was twice. Poor old Gazy, as Poor we'll talk Gazy. about. But I mean, yeah, I mean, you're saying it's like... the women have got a silver. Yeah, they were so close to winning it. I mean, the Australian women's basketball is is seen as being like up right up there. Yeah. And the men's but I mean the men's has been as well. And it sounds like the next men's team's gonna be the the best Aussie basketball team ever put together. Andrew Gaze is coming out of retirement. One For last one time. last <laughs> game. Get me in there. <laughs> just like starts running and goes, Oh my god, why did I think yeah. this is a good idea? Oh my god, I'm fifty. Oh god, I'm, I'm so 50. old. <laughs> Oh, Gazy. Lindsay's in there too. Well, Gazy's dad yeah. is in there. <laughs> An 80 year old man <laughs> on the court. Yeah, they're, they're coached by the ghost of Lindsay Gaze. <laughs> <laughs> this is a Disney movie ready to go. <laughs> ghost dad coach. <laughs> ghost coach. Is there too much going on there? Ghost no. coach dad. Ghost coach dad. I reckon they've got to also have like. Coach a, ghost. Oh, yeah. Sorry. They've also got to have like a pet or something that gets involved. Yeah. Like the cat makes the winning three-pointer or something. Nah, Are you it's got to be a kangaroo, bud? doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, kangaroo. Of course, a kangaroo, yes. We and did. They, and they, it would keep the ball in its pouch. But it's not like in cartoons. There's a lot of goo in there. It can't keep the it can't keep the ball in its pouch because then it's travelling. <laughs> you got to bounce the ball. Oh, uh, well. But, if, what, but they're <laughs> bouncing. They're bouncing with the balls oh, technically bouncing. Yeah. Okay. Or is that double dribble? Yeah. A lot of questions. Yeah, there are. Look, there's some there's some technicalities to figure out, but I think we're still going to be millionaires. Oh, yeah. Anyway, Dave. What's that, Skip? What's that? You need me to make a three th- a free throw? Okay. for the, To tie the game, go to overtime. All right. That's Andrew Gaze being yeah. asked by a kangaroo to come down for one last free, th- free throw. <laughs> it's Space Jam, but Australian. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. I can't think of a name. Because we'd call jam jam, you know. Well, because it would be space Vegemite. Perfect, yes. <laughs> space Vegemite. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> that was good. All right, so back to Lithuania. So if you got good, you got to compete for the USSR. That you was your reward. To. But obviously competing for the people that are, one, oppressing you, occupying you, yeah. denying your countrymen freedom, the people that send your, that sent your grandparents and uncles and aunts to forced labour camps. Uh, well, to put it extremely lightly, it wasn't great for the athletes themselves. No. Who still very much identified as Lithuanian. So when these guys won for the, for the USSR in 88, people would say to them, uh, start speaking to them, 
to them in Russian at the press conference and they'd say, oh, I don't speak Russian, I speak Lithuanian. And people would be surprised. Right. Like, but you're all from the USSR, but like you're saying, Matt, there's so many countries that are all spread out. A lot of them have their own cultures, their own languages. Of course. Isn't it weird that it didn't it didn't work? People tried a few times where one country just try and make other countries in their country and they're like, oh, we don't really want this. And Ours now. Eventually it all fell apart. Weird how they didn't it's just make, you couldn't just make them be part of you. It is weird, it's isn't weird. it? Yeah, crazy. Because you'd think on paper, fantastic idea. idea. Very good. I mean, if everyone was one Olympic team, you'd never lose. Yeah. So on paper. Very good idea. Well, until the Monstars come down. Oh, no. <laughs> Try and play. <laughs> I forgot they were Monstars. Play against us for our Vegemite. Yeah. No. Not the Vegemite. <laughs> Gazy's secret. <laughs> um, Water bottle, but it's just full of Vegemite. Vegemite. Oh. I need, and he li- he licks it. <laughs> I need to. <laughs> my secret ingredient is vitamin B twelve. <laughs> Gives me me rosy cheeks, <laughs> and my pretty reliable shot uh, jump shot. Yeah, what a guy. <laughs> so these Lithuanians, they dreamed of freedom and playing for their own nation, but most of them doubted it would ever happen in their lifetime, especially. Oh. But back to the USA and the NBA. In 1989, a decision was to be made by FIBA, the International Basketball Federation, on whether NBA players should be allowed to compete at the next Olympics. But not everyone in the NBA was keen. The association itself was lukewarm to to the idea because they weren't sure if their players would be that interested anyway. An Associated Associated Press survey of NBA players at the time found just 63% favoured open eligibility and only 58% said that they'd actually want to play in the games. Why is that, I wonder? Because, I mean, they're making... They're already playing at the top level. So it'd be like going to a thing where you're you're already playing in a higher level. They talk about it in the AFL as well, like bring back State of Origin, which I'd love for them to do. But they like, already play at the highest level in the world. So going to the Olympics to play against teams that aren't as good as, right. you know, the Minnesota Timberwolves. But like, that's interesting because I, I think... Well, I'm obviously not a professional sports person. What? Yet. Yet. Working on it. (laughs) Um, She got a great jump shot. You would think that, like, going to the Olympics would be exciting. Yeah. I'd want to do that. Well, I think... I think... I'm, I think this turns around and they get a pretty good team together. But um. <laughs> Well, it's true. And also the NBA, <laughs> they were worried that no one would want to go and that it would be embarrassing for them because they are allowed to send the best and then the best didn't want to go and yeah. maybe they'd still lose. Yeah. So right. they were a bit like, oh, no, don't worry about it. I don't know. Yeah. But um, it was decided in 18, 1989 by FIBA that the NBA should be allowed to compete just to make it more of an, an yeah, open just, field. It's It's almost like saying... Let's just let them drug cheat as well. You know, if you let, uh, if if some of them are drug cheating anyway, we're not figuring it out. Probably the bloody USSR. <laughs> you know, they're, they're bending the rules. Let's just go open up so anything goes. NBA players can play. They can also be jacked off their heads. <laughs> yeah. Let's make the Olympics truly the competition for the In best fact, of the let's best. supply the cocaine. Yes. The cocaine. Fantastic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> let's just see what happens. You know? Mm. I think that's a great idea. And I assume that's where the story is going. But I was pretty young at the time. My memory isn't that clear. But I think it was a big drug. Mm, dream party. team. Mm. Yeah. They had all the drugs you could dream of. Yeah. That's why, that's why they got the name. I do dream of a lot of drugs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
just piled in front of me. I don't take any of them. I don't want to, but I just, they're just a big pile of them. Mm. It's crazy. So the decision was made that NBA players should be allowed to go. So now the NBA were under pressure to put together a talented team to give to the to, yeah. to give to the Olympics. It would be embarrassing if they sent them and lost, like I said. And in that era, it, when you're building a team of the best basketball players, there's one name at the top of your list. Jess Perkins. Yeah. Really? No, Andrew Followed closely Gaze. by Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah. <laughs> no, the face of the new generation of basketball. And by that time, already three-time MVP and 1984 Olympic gold medalist, it was, of course, Michael Jordan. Of course. Who Matt did a full report on and also spoke in length about Space Jam. What a journey. <laughs> and Larry Bird stealing from his pesky or yeah. something. Yeah. But Michael Jordan was hoping the USA weren't going to ask him to play on the national team. To quote MJ, quote, I was trying to figure out a way that I could graciously decline. Oh, he didn't want to do yeah. it. Yeah. He was like, no, nah, I don't want to. Interesting. It's also, I wonder if some of them were like, it was. it's almost like a stepping stone. I got to do it as an amateur on the way up. You know, if we start doing it now, it takes away the chance. I don't know if he was thinking that selflessly about it. Yeah. But. I think he was a bit... I've been there, done that type yeah. thing. Oh, man, what? I've been there, done that. You know, you've done one Olympics. That's enough. How so, lovely is that, that you can make so... You can work so consistently through the year that you don't have to take the... Like, so many other sports people are working their asses off between Olympics yeah, just to get years. to the Olympics. Like, that's the pinnacle of their sport. Yeah, I, well, I guess uh, I think that's the difference. That's the pinnacle yeah. of their sport, and for him, it's not. He, he hasn't won an NBA championship yet. That's what that's really drives him. He's like, I've already won an Olympics. It was pretty fun, Fuck, but I want to win. Ma- that is Isn't mental. That yeah, like you think of like track, like athletics and stuff like that. Like, there's what's higher than the Olympics, and often it comes down to one 15 second period every four years. Totally, whether you make the final, whether you medal. Yeah. Between the gun going off and often 15, 20 seconds later, you're like, oh, well, that was the worst run I've had in four years yeah. and I didn't make the final. Hold I missed here. the jump. Yeah. yeah I'm off to the airport. Crazy. <laughs> I'm running to the airport you at just record keep running. speed. You keep running to the taxi. <laughs> well, so the NBA, they wanted Michael. So they reached out to him and asked and he wanted to know who else was playing. Basically, he didn't want to be the only superstar on the team. He was, he was worried it would be him and then a bunch of college people. And he's like, I'm not interested I'm in I'm not doing carrying that. this team. I'm not, I already carry another team. Yeah. <laughs> so they made another call to three-time MVP, five-time NBA champion, 12-time All-Star and absolute legend of the sport, LA Laker, Magic Johnson. Ugh. And he was in straight away. No questions asked. Really? Magic's like, yeah, man, I'm free. Hang on, let, me check, the, let me check the sketch. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm free those dates. <laughs> Well, he was because he was the first puzzle piece to fall into place and it made the others sit up and notice because he was already, he's a legend of this sport. Yeah, he's, Jordan looked up to him when he was younger. And yeah, because he was, he was older at this time and it was seen for Magic himself as a last hurrah because he had announced it was HIV positive at the end of 91 where he also announced that he would retire immediately because not a lot was known about HIV at the time. Right. He was like, he thought he'd never play basketball again. He played in the All-Stars game that year after being voted in by fans and many actually objected to his participation because, again, people were ignorant about HIV. Oh, yep. They were thinking that they might get it if they played with him. Yep. But he did he pl- and he played. And he wanted his career to go out with a bang and he thought, what better way to do it than getting a gold medal? So by the time the Olympics came around, it was a bit more, edu- like a bit more known that HIV wasn't... 
Yeah, and I also think, also think that uh, yeah, there's a bit more education. He played and nothing had gone wrong, yeah. so it was a bit like, oh, okay. He probably didn't get this. It's quite a lot of blood or saliva yes. that has to be exchanged, and he didn't get this playing on the court. So yeah, it's yeah. all good. And once uh, Magic said yes, they had no trouble recruiting other players. And I'm going to list them now with some of their achievements. Hmm. Let's see if we've heard of any of these names. Uh, Matt. <laughs> it should be noted that these are their achievements at the end of their careers, which for most of them wasn't 92. But this is just to give you an idea of the talent in the team and the caliber of the players that they put together. It, can you give them all their nicknames? If they don't have a nickname, come up with a nickname. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're starting with three-time league MVP, 12-time NBA All-Star, and the sandwich lover, Larry Bird. Larry Bird. <laughs> from the Boston Celtics. He, what was his nickname again? The Hick from St. Lick or something like oh, that. Yeah, it yeah. was. Uh, at 35, he was the oldest on the team and had back problems by this stage of his career. But like Magic, he was keen to go out with a bang, and he was such a legend of the sport that no team would be complete without him. Oldest on the team at 35. 35. Which, at the t- like, when you're a teenager, you think 35 is so old. But, like, I've had back problems since I was seven. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, oh, I'm 35, so my back's gone. And really? I haven't been allowed on a trampoline for, like, 20-something years. Is that how you did it? You did it on the tramp? Yes. Damn. Jarred it. And, and, it, uh, and I fucking love trampolines. Yeah, every day. If it you burns look at you me... Up. I'm the type of person who yeah. would, like, I'd be on a trampoline yeah, so I, fast. I look at you, I think tramp. <laughs> <laughs> you know when those bounce places became very popular? Cause when, what, in the 90s? <laughs> no, like, like a few years ago. No. Under I 10 years that. ago. Yeah, people right. would go to bounce. It's an indoor trampoline place. Ah. I remember so, when I was a kid. No. And it was oh, exciting. Yeah. Just these in-ground trampolines. So cool. Amazing. There was one in the small coastal town we used to go to. Anyway, they became very cool again a few years ago and like friends were going and I was like, gotta sit this one out. I can't be on a trampoline. I'll hurt myself. Anyway, you got on your Larry Bird, 35 (laughs) and a veteran. 35. It's amazing, isn't it? But uh, yeah, basically he he was past his best just because of injuries, but they were like, we've got to pay respect to this guy. We've got to get him in. Uh, Next player was Scotty Pippen. Yep. Pip or Robin to Michael's Batman, people sometimes called him. Uh, Michael Jordan's teammate and fellow six-time championship winning player at the Chicago Bulls, seven-time All-Star. He later said he didn't think he deserved the call-up, but didn't admit that to the selectors. He was just stoked to be asked. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> and he's got, a, which you will see in the uh, Michael Jackson Michael Jackson. <laughs> yeah, he, he also Michael, Jackson. <laughs> Michael Jordan documentary. He's got the deepest voice. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. I knew the name, but I don't think I knew what Scotty Pippen looked like somehow. Oh, right. So I was like, that's Scotty Pippen. Was, when I was a kid, he was almost the cooler one to like, I think. At primary school, I remember Scotty Pippen was like, I guess that just showed you had slightly more knowledge than the yes. surface knowledge that everyone in Australia had when Michael Jordan was so big. But um, he, yeah, he, he uh, apparently, this is a learn in this doco series, that he signed a long-term contract early. Well, you you might have seen this as well, and he was one of the lowest paid players in the league, or he was way down the list. He was one of the least paid players on his team because he signed a contract so early and they wouldn't renegotiate because he inked it up and he's like, I didn't want to take any chances. I just want to make sure my family was looked after. Uh. I could get injured next week if I hold out and sign a contract in a couple of years. So, yeah, that was fascinating to learn. Yeah, wow. But, yeah, he he does a disappointing nickname. So you're saying Pip or Pip. Robin. I love Pip. 
Yeah, Pip's okay. Anyway, Scotty Pip, who else we got? Uh, we got Clyde the Glide Drexler. That's the best nickname. Yeah, that's Clyde amazing, actually. I love that so much. From the Portland Trailblazers, he would go on to be NBA champion in 95 and was a 10-time All-Star. Wow. Uh, the center was David Robinson from the San Antonio Sport, uh, Spurs, nicknamed the Admiral. Yeah, he was the best. Number five, he was one of my favorite players when I was a kid. The he, Admiral. He'd served in the Navy. Oh, okay. He's the only, still to this day, the only person that served in the Navy that's played in the NBA. Yeah, right. Really? It's interesting. At seven foot one, he was the tallest player on the team. Whoa. He was 1995 NBA MVP. And he's playing, oh, playing center, center, yes. Yeah, yeah. For some reason, for a second there, you I was thinking netball. netball. <laughs> and I've never played netball in my life. How funny. But no. of course, he's put the seven-foot guy at the center. Yeah. David Robinson uh, was wing attack. Yeah. <laughs> I was imagining him standing in the middle of the court Is and not being like able to move. Aussie much? rules said the centerman would be <laughs> one of the smaller positions on the field as well. But yeah, basketball God, this centers. is my sport. Pay attention, Jess. That's great. Uh, so he was NV, uh, MVP for the league in 95 and two-time NBA champion and 10-time All-Star. So these guys, are, they're yeah. phenomenal. Uh, Patrick Ewing from the New York Knicks, yep. a.k.a. Hoyer Destroyer. Fuck, oh, that's pretty good. He play, so he was from the Hoyers, which well, is he, the college. And uh, he, he, Georgetown, like, I think. And he, he, was, he was actually, he was born in Jamaica and moved to the USA at 12. He'd already yeah. won a gold medal in 1984 with Michael Jordan and he went on to be an 11-time NBA All-Star. Uh, next up, we have the mailman, Carl Malone. Oh, yeah. Because he always delivers. A gun. From the Utah Jazz, second highest scoring player in the history of Is the that NBA. True? Wow. Wow. But behind only Kareem Abdul Jabbar. He was two time MVP, 14 time NBA All Star. Do you think, I think Kareem Abdul Jabbar has the best name of all time across everything. A huge across, call, it's, and it? I agree. Thank you so much for having my back there. <laughs> and I know you've got a bad one. I've so got a bad back. Have, for a, a lot. have for a long time. There is another US US athlete whose name is Barkevius Mingo. Oh, oh my God. Matt, take back what you just said. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Barkevius. What was it? Fucking Barkevius Mingo. Barkevius Mingo, who plays, Pretty good. plays for the, uh, in the NFL. That's incredible. Mingo. Barhevious. I mean, that is fantastic. That is fantastic. I love that. <laughs> and it sticks with me. It sticks with me, that name. You know Maggie Simpson from The Simpsons? She was almost named Cool Mo D. Simpson, if Bart had his way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're getting them. Uh, the mailman, Carmelone, was joined by a longtime teammate, John Stockton. Oh, high shorts, John. Nickname? High shorts. Stock. <laughs> Pretty gross. Love yeah. that. He was um, the only one who held out. We talked about the Michael Jordan episode. Oh, the kid. Michael Jordan changed the shorts fashion forever in basketball yes. by wearing them longer. Uh, and John Stockton never he never followed that trend when the rest of the league did. He was one of the only ones who held out on with short basketball shorts. Mate, uh, he, at six foot one, he was the shortest player on the team. Six one, the shortest player. Shortest player. Muggsy Bergs wasn't Stop. available. No, <laughs> Muggsy said no. No, that's not true. Sadly, Muggsy, I don't think got the, got the call. But um, John Stockton's team made the playoffs in, in each of his 19 seasons at the Jazz. Wow. 19 seasons. That's wow. amazing. And you got some players who will never play finals. And he Every year. Every year. What For a nearly hog. 20 years. Did he ever win a championship though? I don't think so, no. But he holds the end. They must have been close at some points, him and Malone together. I know, the highest scorer. But unfortunately, they season. came up against... Six years where Jordan was unstoppable. 
I mean, it Plus. is it is obviously a great, you know, a really cool, momentous thing in basketball. But also, you do think about the people that never never got yeah. there because they were blocked out in six years. Uh, John Stockton holds the NBA records for most career assists and steals by wide margins to this day. Ten-time All-Star. Wow. And uh, Chris Mullins from the Golden State Warriors. Also Great shooter. Also part of the 1984 gold medal winning team. Nickname? Big Three. Yeah, well, I guess he's the three-point shooter. Also had a great flat top from memory. Oh. I, I, I support it. I jumped around different teams in the NBA when I was a kid and I went for the Warriors for quite a while. Obviously jumped off them before they became a powerhouse. <laughs> <laughs> of course. You were holding them back. <laughs> I don't feel comfortable going for a championship team. <laughs> I'm just looking it up here because I didn't look up the nickname of him, but... Um, he was uh, part of the high-scoring trio of basketball teammates, Tim Hardway, Hardaway, Mitch Richmond, and Chris Mullen, who together were called Run TMC. <laughs> <laughs> I think Latrell Sprewell played with them around that time as well. It's a pretty sick team. Cool. And finally, from the NBA, a man with the greatest nickname in the history of sport, in my opinion, the round mound of rebound. Sir Charles. Charles Barkley from the Phoenix Suns. Awesome. 1993 league MVP, 11-time All-Star. Charles Barkley was then and still is famous for saying whatever he likes. He was a popular player but also quite controversial at times. His talent was obvious but the selectors were worried about him representing his country (laughs) and courting controversy during the games. (laughs) When he was told that they were considering him, he was so honoured that they would even consider to put him on a team with these people he convinced them there'd be no problems from him. Oh, oh that's great. He was truly honoured. He he features a little bit in the doco because they one year, um, they, they were pretty close. There was Bulls versus Suns in the final. And uh, he went to Chicago when they just had, needed to win. Chicago wins, they win the series. And, and driving into the stadium, all of Chicago had, like, basically they were already celebrating the championship. And then the Suns upset them that night and won to keep the series alive. <laughs> and the um, one of the reporters goes, there any messages for the people of Chicago? He says, you can take all those posters and shit down for tonight. You don't need them tonight. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. It's so good. <laughs> he's so good. There's a line in it where like this is he's talking about it sort of now and he said something... I can't fully remember the context, but he said something along the lines of like, that was the first time in my life I thought someone was better at basketball yes, than me. that's like, right. First time in your life <laughs> Amazing. Playing you've had Jordan the thought that someone could be better than you at, a, at this sport. I imagine, but wouldn't the NBA be full of those people? What an amazing yeah. thing to be. Like every battler on the bench probably has played most of their life being the best. Totally. It must be a strange feeling to, you know, every level you go, maybe I, you know, I'm best at this level, go up one, still the best, still the best. Yeah. And eventually yeah. like, oh, shit. Yeah, you hit a limit. But but Jordan never hit that never limit. Hit the li- but did you, you're a big fan of the Conan podcast. Matt, have you heard the one with Charles Barkley? No. He talk- oh, it's really good because he just says whatever he likes. <laughs> and um, he talks about how hard it is. It actually made me appreciate how hard it is to, to make it as a professional athlete. You know, obviously I respect how hard they work, all that sort of stuff. But you forget about how many talented people don't quite make it. Because he, he talks about all the time people come up to him and say, oh, my uh, my son's Mr. Florida this year. Like, he's going to make it. And then Charles' response is, 
he always thinks to himself, yeah, great. There's 50 of those this year. Yeah. Every state's got a Mr. Someone. Yeah. And right. they are the best in their state, but that doesn't mean. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and he says there's only 450 p- professional spots in the NBA at any one time. Maybe 40 jobs a year come up. So. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. And it, yeah. Um, I've, yeah. That is crazy. And in American sport, it feels like more than over here, they. There's so much player movement during seasons. Players will rock up and and hear that they've been traded to another team mid-year, and they're always just being chopped around. Oh, sorry, you didn't make the cut. You're gone. What a, a full-on time. At least in the AFL, you're like you got your spot for at least two years. I think it's sort of the minimum contract. But over there, you might rock up for a few months, and you're like, ah, you cut. <laughs> Move your family's whole life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Crazy. An ex Saints player just got uh, drafted in the NFL as a kicker or awesome. a punter. That's cool. Who was that? Aaron Sipos. I was such a I was so pumped about him when he was recruited at the Saints. Beautiful long kick, but he never quite made it. Uh, I I was so big on him being a big star. Our I, uh, Facebook memory came up recently where he got named in the team after playing the reserves for, for you know for the first half of the year and i'm like finally you finally <laughs> made the right call and you know he got dropped a couple of weeks later because he didn't quite make it i named my uh i used to do dream team afl dream team you know the fantasy football yeah and i called his name was aaron sipos so i called my team the siposi <laughs> oh. very bullish about him being a big star and, and now I, well look he's probably one of the highest paid ever afl players because he's <laughs> got a short contract in the nfl as like a second string kicker or something. Yeah, but that's kind of cool. He's playing for Detroit. I think he got picked up by Detroit Lions. That's really cool. We've had a few uh, Aussie people go over and be a kicker. Is that right? Yeah, because I think in Australian rules, kicking is a big skill and most professional players can kick 50 plus metres with a much bigger ball. Um, So it's just a skill you're born with. Is it ball smaller? I think it's a little bit smaller. It's a different shape, pointier and... I think it's a bit smaller, yeah. Yeah, cool. I didn't know that. they got to throw them. Oh, yeah. We just throw the footy. You throw yours in the river. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dickhead. It was so far away from the river. It just kept bouncing. <laughs> anyway, Dave, you said this is your longest report ever. Jeez, well, we've gone Please continue. I'm so sorry, sorry. Dave. Sorry, everybody listening. Who gives a fuck about Aussie rules? <laughs> well, these 10 men locked in. Do you, sorry, just to, do you appreciate? It's an amazing lineup. All those people are. Where's Isaiah Thomas? Well, we are going to talk about him oh. in just a second. With these 10 men locked in, they went back to Michael Jordan. He was keen to play with the guys he usually plays against. So he was in. He was offered the captaincy but declined and two, the two senior members of the team, Larry Bird and Magic Johnson, were selected as co-captains. Makes oh, that's sense. nice. Yep. I believe actually they, they said to Jordan, you can be a third captain. Yeah. <laughs> Which three out of a, three out of 11 like, of the captain. stop. I don't want to be captain. <laughs> I barely want to be here. <laughs> No, you can you can um you can drive the bus if you want, or um you can have the biggest room. <laughs> yeah, they let him drive the bus. So that's <laughs> they're, so just funny. Like, they're just trying to throw in any kind of perk yeah. they can. Huh? Huh? Um, you can. I uh, want to do less, not more. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Michael. Oh, great. We'll carry you. You don't have to walk. We'll carry you everywhere. <laughs> we'll, we'll let you zoom in. You can just Skype in and yeah. play via Skype. Just we'll put someone out on the court and you say which hand to touch the ball with we'll just do it that way if you like, like okay that's not enough <laughs> uh we're trying to change the constitution to so our, our country is now called michael jordan what do you think <laughs> what do you think 
Rooknama. Do you love us? <laughs> Please love me. <laughs> September's been changed to Jordan. <laughs> uh, these 11 men, ten, 10 of whom would be listed as part of the top 50 NBA players of all time oh, in 1996. Sucks for number 11. Sadly, Chris Mullins missed out. Sorry, yeah, Mullins. He, he does seem a bit like the old one out in that team. Sorry, Mullins. And uh, all, of, all of whom, though, would go on to be Hall of Famers and who were the most famous names in the world of basketball were joined by one more man. As an acknowledgement to the previous amateur system, the U.S. Basketball Committee decided to include one college player on the team. Fuck off. Shaquille O'Neal was considered. He was to be the number one draft pick that year. But the player that was selected was Christian Leitner. He was the star player on the back-to-back national championship teams of 1991 and 1992. He would later go on to play in the NBA and be named an All-Star in 1997. So there's no doubt that he's very talented. But imagine that. He's 22 years old. You're playing with to, your idols. Used to playing with college people, and now yeah. you're you're on the team, the same team as the best in the world. How would you keep up? <laughs> oh, it's crazy. Yeah, you wonder if that's good or bad for you long term. Well, he, uh, in, I saw an interview with him, and he said at the time there were all the egos, everyone sassing each other on the court, and he was like, "I just stood back, and I was just happy to be part of it." Yeah. Of course, yeah, <laughs> you'd be you'd be stoked. You wouldn't want to say anything wrong. You'd be like tiptoeing oh, around, just oh, like, please Michael. let me stay. Magic, all right. Yes, sir. Hello. Oh, that'd be oh. crazy. Thank you, Mr. Bird, for passing to me. Thank yeah, you. anytime you like, if you fumbled over one of their passes, you'd be like, idiot, idiot. <laughs> It'd be so intimidating. Uh, oh. uh, as Matt said, pretty controversially, Isaiah Thomas from the Detroit Pistons was left off the team. It was rumored that Michael Jordan had asked Isaiah Thomas be left out. Isaiah Thomas was seen as the ringleader of the so-called bad boys <laughs> that had won championships in 1989 and 1990 for the Detroit Pistons with some pretty physical tactics, often at the expense of Michael Jordan. Right. So all-star, like, and he's like a 12-star, 12-time all-star himself, like insane. I think even Jordan called him the second best point guard of all time. Yeah. Wow. After Magic? After Magic, yeah. Yeah, pretty... Pretty big praise, but he was not selected. And I think it was more than just Michael that didn't want to work with him. He had rubbed a few people the wrong way right? and he wasn't selected. I think a big part of it was that they wanted people that were talented that also would mesh as a team. Totally, yeah. That makes sense. They are trying to please Michael. There's no doubt about that. Mm -hmm. But I think other people in the team were also like, Isaiah Thomas is a bit of a dirty player. Yeah, I don't want to be his friend. And if a team isn't meshing, if they're all out there playing as individuals, you're not going to get very far anyway. You know, you totally. have to be able to work as a team. So he wasn't selected, but mm. his coach was the Dream Team's Lindsay coach. Lindsay Gaze, <laughs> the ghost, the ghost of, of Lindsay Gaze. <laughs> I'm alive. <laughs> I'm afraid we will have to kill you, Lindsay. <laughs> the prophecy foretold this. Uh, the Dream Team was coached by uh, Chuck Daly. Coach of the bad boys at the Detroit Pistons. That's me. I chuck daily. <laughs> you okay? No. I'm very sick. Help me. He was a seasoned veteran and he was known for handling the bad boys well. <laughs> what a fucking dumb riff. I'm so sorry. He was known for, for keeping the bad boys. So it was basically seen as if you keep the bad boys in control, you can deal with anyone's ego. Yeah, right. Yeah, interesting. And yeah, I wonder how that affected his relationship with his star player, Thomas, <laughs> yeah. as well. Going Come back from a summer of coaching Michael Jordan and Magic. These people that don't like you. And also, they're like, we don't like their dirty 
playing. It's like, well, the coach, I reckon, had something to do with that as well somehow. Mm. Yeah, and people were worried that Michael wouldn't like him as well because he was he'd coached the team that had been dirty to him, but they ended up getting on really well and uh, played a lot of golf together. Oh, it makes nice. sense that you were you'd have the champion like he's like reigning two time championship coach at that point, or who won in ninety one? I'm not. You, sure. you said they won in eighty nine, eighty nine and ninety. Yep. But yeah, that, I mean that makes sense that that's the coach you pick, I suppose. Yeah, and like because these are the biggest personalities in the world. You want whoever can deal with them. Jordan does come off as a bit, uh, he holds a grudge as well. He still hasn't forgiven Thomas in this documentary that was filmed, I guess, last year. So, it's, um, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty wild. I reckon that's a Michael thing. Right. My brother holds grudges. Okay. And any other Michaels listening, if you're a bit pissy over that, see if you're still pissy about it next week. <laughs> <laughs> You've proven me right. <laughs> uh, 91 was the Bulls' first win. Oh, right, Okay. Yeah, right, 91, 92, 93. And they beat the Lakers. There you go. So, that's the USA team. Superstars in their own right, all of them. Over in Lithuania, they had some amazing talent of their own. Three players that I'll really focus on in this report who all won gold medals for the Soviet Union in 1988 and were all Lithuanian and amazingly were all from the same city. Oh, wow. Wow. Uh, Kanuis which is Lithuania's second largest city. So it's not even like, of course they're all from there. That's the biggest city. It's the second biggest. And they, it's just a really big basketball city. Uh, the first one is Arvidas Sabonis. At uh, seven foot three, he was the tallest man on the team. Seven three. Seven. That's so big. So he's, even, he's two inches taller than their tallest guy, yeah. David Robinson. As a teenager, Sabonis had grown four inches in one summer, over 10 centimetres, and remembered returning to class that year and not being able to see anyone's faces anymore. He just he got facial blindness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was so close to the sun. He wasn't wearing sunglasses. Wow. He's Consent. like, where did everyone go? <laughs> he was literally head and shoulders above everyone else in his school. That's like the summer holidays I got braces, you know. Came back to school, couldn't, couldn't see anyone's teeth. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It was the talk of the town. <laughs> Where'd they go? You've just got gums. <laughs> Why don't any of you have teeth? Hello, Jess. <laughs> oh, stop gumming that sausage roll. It's disgusting. <laughs> oh, you're just salivating on it. It's not going to break it down. you got to shake. Uh, I'm getting there with a bit of tomato sauce. I reckon I'll be able to swallow this. <laughs> oh, no. Stop using tomato sauce as lube. <laughs> I loop it up and I get it down there. <laughs> Like a snake. You still see it in your I throat. I just have to dislodge my jaw. <laughs> <laughs> and now I digest for six to eight weeks. <laughs> I went to school with a lot of snakes, <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> you. You your school and mine, am I right? <laughs> a couple of social climbers. <laughs> um, so, Sabonis. <laughs> He was a big, big man, seven foot three, ridiculously tall. He was considered by many in the late eighties and nineties to be the best player outside of the United States. Uh, NBA Hall of Famer and former NBA MVP Bill Walton, Bill Walton once described Sabonis as quote a seven foot three Larry Bird. Oh wow! Take that, Larry Bird. Yeah, he was thirty five. <laughs> Get out of here, little Larry. <laughs> he was a big bird. <laughs> <laughs> Meet Big Bird. He was an all-round player and a natural team leader. Then we have uh, 
Valdemaris Hochimus, the six foot three point guard who was five years older than Sabonis and seen as an elder statesman of the game. Hmm. Not as famous in the long run as the other two I'd mentioned, but still an integral part of the team. Hochimus. I had to uh, look up the pronunciation of several of these names. And finally, we have uh, Sarunus Marcelonis. Ooh. Uh, sport was an obsession from a young age for Sarunus Marcelonis. Early on, he had played tennis, but he'd later changed to basketball. A firework had exploded in his face at the age of 13, and he was badly burned. Metaphorically speaking. <laughs> no, a real firework. They were apparently big in Lithuania. Yeah, right. Especially over New Year's Eve, they'd all set off their own fireworks. And he set one, he lit it, and then it didn't go off. So he went and was like, oh, touch the fuse. And as he did that, it exploded in his oh, face. Oh, no. You do hear, sometimes you hear, like, uh, successful people say it early in their life they had a firecracker lit under their ass. And that really <laughs> motivated. I always thought that was a metaphor. But maybe oh. that's just something that successful people do. <laughs> yeah. They get exploded early. Yeah. Yeah, if you see Michael Jordan's ass, he was horrifically burnt. Yeah. That's why he wears big shorts. Ah, that's <laughs> why. It's painful to wear tight. Yeah. The short shorts, they rubbed a little too much. Here's the room to breathe. But Marcelinus, he'd, yeah, he'd been burnt and, and he prayed to make a full recovery, which he did. And from then on, he decided to apply himself to sport. Yeah. And so he okay. went and he chose basketball. So he sort of had a firecracker lid yeah. under his yeah. ass in a way. <laughs> But then it didn't go off, so he turned around to look at it and it exploded in his Lit face. face. Unlucky. <laughs> Still worked out in the end. Uh, he and some other friend, he and some friends had installed their own uh, basketball court made from paving stones in front of their apartment building and then made a backboard from nailing together old planks of wood. Oh, wow. And from there... My parents just bought us one. He got so good. That's privilege. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> oh, now I get it. Uh, and you'll see in this next sentence, Jess, because as a teenager... He left his city to move to the capital, Vilnius, to go to college and hopefully to try out for the Soviet national team. When he left, all his parents could afford to give him was one bag of clothes and one bag of apples. And then they sent him on his way. A whole bag of yeah. clothes. A whole bag. That's great. A bag of clothes. And what kind of apples are we talking? Rotten. Oh, <laughs> they're one good. of the worst yeah, kind. Yeah, that sucks. Still take them over Red Delicious, but yeah. Pretty yeah. bad. Rotten's like second or third worst. Yeah, I reckon. <laughs> Red so Delicious, good. they don't rot. They just become even more concrete. Yeah. They will not rot. <laughs> Great building material. Like Red Delicious. Wow. So bag of clothes, bag of apples. Off he goes. Off what is go. he, a horse with a bag of clothes? <laughs> <laughs> what is he, a well-dressed horse? <laughs> a horse with a panache for fashion? Yeah. A panache for fashion? What? What am I meant to wear the same outfit every day? I look terrible. I need options. Where's my winter wardrobe? Get the farrier back here. These shoes aren't doing it for me. I want to wear heels. If you if you look down in the, he's wearing platform shoes with uh, goldfish in them. <laughs> Discos too. Clipping and cloughing along. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. 
This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether it's your first ever website or your business is expanding, growing, getting bigger, it all means the same thing. Squarespace <laughs> makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. And if you're worried about like, well, I don't know how to write stuff for a website and make myself look good, well, you can get help with the written content for your website with Squarespace AI. You can generate instant personalized results that highlight your brand identity you can explain what your site's about choose your tone enter what you need and bang you got some short and long form text baby so squarespace ai makes it easy to go live stand out and succeed online i'm so glad you had that bit because i thought it was pronounced squarespace ai (laughs) (laughs) anyway sell exclusive content on your site by adding a paywall to sell memberships or courses or sell files your customers can download. I don't know if I'm hitting all these words as <laughs> intended, like PDFs, musics, or ebooks. I would love to buy Matt's ebook. I'd like to buy Matt's course, and you you can do that. Squarespace has the tools you need to create and sell your own online course. Be more like Matt. Oh, one hundred and one. <laughs> wow. How yeah. many? One, does it go to one hundred and two? It goes all the way to one hundred and two. <laughs> <laughs> You can customise everything with next generation editing technology. You can create engaging lessons your audience will love and then set the price. You can charge a one-time fee or sell subscriptions. Matt, how much is it to be more like Matt 101? Oh, three mil. Wow. Wow. Like per month or? Yeah, USD. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) Head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Squarespace.com slash do. Do go on. So the difference in lifestyle enjoyed by the Lithuanian stars when compared to the members of the Dream Team is hard to overstate. Hmm. First of all, they didn't have multi-multi-million dollar sponsorships. At the top of the sport, Michael Jordan had million dollar deals with Nike, Gatorade, Hanes Underwear, Coca-Cola, the list goes on. Patrick Ewing's annual salary in 1991 was $4.2 million. The next year, David Robinson was the highest paid player in the league earning $5.7 million. And yeah, it's true that salaries in the NBA would actually explode over the next few years, and Michael Jordan pulled in $30 million a season by 1996. Fuck. But still... They they actually said that this Dream Team's got a bit to do with that. The worldwide popularity exploded because of the Dream Team. Totally, that was just massive. So more money was injected in. So it's amazing how important in that way this team was. Whether or not that's a good thing, I don't know, because it feels like... Five million is. <laughs> that should money. be enough. That yeah. should be enough. It just creates. Yeah, you wonder if it. Yeah, creates more issues when money gets so huge. Yeah. Although I don't know. I'll never know. I'll never know, <laughs> and I won't find out. No. But still, it's so the money would get even better. But still, in the late eighties, early nineties, NBA stars still got paid a heap, especially when compared to the USSR counterparts. In the USA, they were sponsored by McDonald's, whereas a. Uh, as in Lithuania, they didn't always have meat and sometimes people fought over bread. Cool. So they a lot of the time, they went without. That was at the McDonald's. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't always have meat. Sometimes they had bread. Fight. Veggie burgers again. I just realised when we were saying uh, that um, you were saying we'll never know about um, money, millions yeah. making a difference. I just I meant I'll never learn by reading about it, but you meant because we'll never earn that much money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one didn't even come into my mind as a possibility. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm never going to read a book about rich people. <laughs> but you were like, we'll never earn. Never. It was like moments later, like, oh, oh. yeah, I guess. 
I guess we can do that. Ever make millions? <laughs> I guess. Yeah, I mean, it felt obvious. <laughs> Don't worry, Jess, I got it. Mm, yeah. Sorry, All right, Bob. mate. You didn't know what a fucking sugar bowl was. Don't you try to jump on with yeah, intellectual one week bop ago. over here. <laughs> One week ago, you were confused for quite a while about a sugar bowl. <laughs> All the info is, you know, that you need is in the name. It's self-explanatory. Well, unlike you guys, I do make $150 million a year. <laughs> and when you make that much money, you don't need to know what a sugar bowl is. That's true. Someone gets it for you. Mm. I, I assume the sugar bowl man, one of my many servants, <laughs> has something to do with it. I just don't know what it is. And I, I frankly, I don't want to know. <laughs> I'm above that. Yeah, you are above that. I pay someone bowl. else to know what a sugar bowl is. Yeah, there's one guy who knows what a sugar bowl is, and that's his only job. That's the only fact he's allowed to think. How in much there. do you pay him? Fifty thousand dollars a year. Can you? Can I have that job? All right. Well, you're gonna have to forget everything else I've ever told you. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> All right. But I know what a sugar bowl is. Are you gonna fire that man? No, oh, I can have two. There's a backup now. <laughs> okay, great. Yes. I was. Oh, you're a backup sugar bowl person. I used to be worried that what would happen if he died. Yeah. Then who I, would know what a sugar who bowl would is? Know? I'd have to train someone and I don't know what a sugar bowl is. Yeah. It's a very complicated system. Okay, great. Always have two for when one inevitably you dies. You need an understudy yeah. for every role. You're the sugar bowl swing. Love that. Sugar bowl swing. <laughs> That's my cool dance move. I'm famous on TikTok. <laughs> so if any of that doesn't make sense, listen to last week's episode, The North Pond Stranger. It, also known as The Sugar Bowl Incident. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, the players on the Dream Team could afford Lamborghinis and Ferraris, but in Lithuania, you had to receive a permit from the government to buy a car, and there was an up to 10-year wait on actually getting the car. 10 years. You had, to, you had to get a permit to buy one, and then you'd have to wait 10 years to get it. To get the car. and not, made to order. And not many people could afford them. I don't know what I want to do next week. I couldn't jump 10 years. I'll put in an order for that for 10 years. There's a famous joke that Ronald Reagan, the US president at the time, who was obviously throwing shade at the Soviet Union, he would uh, bring out jokes that he was he, he was saying that, oh, this shows that the Soviet, the people there, they know how to have a laugh and it also makes fun of what, you know the, the regime they're living under. And the, the joke is that um, a guy... <laughs> Got told he was going to get a car in 10 years. And he said, oh, thanks. Um, is it in the morning or the afternoon I'll get the car? And the guy says, well, why does it matter to you? And he says, well, the plumber's coming in the morning. <laughs> 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 I've seen a clip of Reagan tell this joke. Big laugh. Actually, it's in the other Dream Team documentary. Yeah, it's very funny. <laughs> Crowd goes wild at this joke. The plumber's coming in the morning. Yeah, but it, it was honestly that's, that was part of their lives. They would w- have to wait to get the car. In the USA, luxury cars were a luxury item. In Lithuania, any car was a luxury item. Wow, that's fascinating and awful. <laughs> it's awful. Even as a team, things were different for members of the Soviet basketball squad. Before the World Championships, they were taken to Soviet hero and former leader Vladimir Lenin's tomb in Moscow to see his dead body as a source of inspiration. Yeah. Let's go check out a body. Mm. (laughs) Let's go dig up a body, hey. (laughs) Was their coach also a ghost? (laughs) That seems like he's trying to do some sort. Is he trying to reunite himself with his own body? (laughs) Yeah, I think so. Reanimate? (laughs) Coach is just like, you guys want to see a dead body? (laughs) (laughs) It'll inspire you. Dave Lennon, good guy, bad guy? Oh, complicated. It's all black and white, Dave. (laughs) 
Quick, give me an answer. <laughs> he start, he sort of, He's more complicated than Stalin. He start, yes, well, because he started the revolution and was the early leader, but then he got sick and died and then Stalin stepped up and then became very authoritarian. Mm. Yeah. I think Lenin's one of those people that I think has, has great principles, but I don't know. Then a lot of people say he laid the, the groundwork for the regime that would kill millions of its own citizens. So can he be that good a guy? Yeah, right. right. And I'm not I'm not educated enough to tell you one way or the other. I'm just saying some people really like him and some people say he's a dog. Okay. Well, that's my new knowledge on Lennon. Can't wait to bust that out next time someone asks. Yeah. So some well, people what a grey area on that one actually. <laughs> um I mean he paved the way for Stalin who most people say is a bad guy. <laughs> And um, <laughs> yeah, still, still, just in case, <laughs> most people would argue. Some could argue he was a bad man, and um, but at the same time, had pretty good principles. <laughs> but I mean, what are principles when they just paved the road to Stalin killing a lot of people? Is that what he did? Yeah. Wrong? In summary, you got to say he might have been a dog. Okay, might have been a dog. <laughs> but the, so the the Soviet players they went round they went around and saw the body as inspiration. The Lithuanian players apparently thought that this was a bit weird and inside were laughing. <laughs> they weren't laughing outside. They're getting a lot of trouble, but they were a bit like, "Why are we seeing this dead guy? Why are we going to go check out a body?" But their play their lives were controlled by the Soviets. Before they were allowed to go on tours, they had to undergo a character analysis that declared them morally sound enough to represent the USSR. Fucking hell. And once they passed that test, whenever they went abroad as a team, they always had a team manager assigned to them by Moscow, someone who was almost certainly a KGB operative. Shit. Just keeping an eye on them. This person's job was to monitor their movements. Bell movements? Yeah. They go through it with a little stick. Huh? Huh? Peas? We don't have peas! <laughs> uh, <laughs> before the tours, they were told how to behave and where they were allowed to go and what they sh- would be allowed to say publicly. They'd be followed wherever they went, especially when they were playing games in the USA. Okay. So, wow. always someone watching over their shoulders. And the USA blew their minds when they played there. They had new and interesting foods like chicken, orange slices, and banana. Oh, yeah. Banana blew, the blew their minds. Banana. Wow, banana. They didn't have it. Imagine so, when, when is this in the, eight, in the 90s? In, in the 80s, 80s yeah. 90s. Imagine being blown away by banana. Oh, the first time I came across banana blew me away, I'm sh- assuming. When do you remember that? Well, n- no, but I can, a- can assume. I can I can assu- almost certainly assure you it was a mashed banana, am I right? Ah, uh, yes. Mashed banana, mashed banana. Yeah, yeah, the Wiggles delivered it to me. Uh, but the first time you have spaghetti, you do not want it to be cold. I remember no. av- avocado the first time, that blew my mind. It looked gross to me, and then when I finally had it, I was like, holy shit. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm the same. I was a teenager by the time I actually gave yeah, it a shot. Oh, I was late to avocado. Very late. Early 20s, I reckon. And now we're I all mean, I'd had it before, but I didn't like it. Or big fans. Oh, I'm obsessed yeah, with it. I've, I've had it every morning for the past week. Holy shit. You Sorry, are Bragg. doing well. Found some Hass <laughs> avocados in the oh, supermarket. Oh, Hass, not even that shepherd shit. Fuck off, shepherd. Yeah, you die in a hole, good. shepherds. Fuck you. It's that oh. rubber, rubber avocado. More Yuck. like it. Yeah, nothing Yuck. complicated about that argument. If you're at a dinner party, Hass, yes. Yes. Avoca- uh, shepherd, fuck off. Fuck off. Yeah. For a while, only shepherds in the supermarket. And I said, well, I'm done with this life. <laughs> um, but then Hass came back. And I Just said, in right. time. Just in time. I was nearly done. You walked back from the ledge. <laughs> said, all right, then. I'll you stick around. Followed a trail of Hass avocados. Yeah. Brought you back to safety. I'm so glad. Yeah. Come on, you're eating avocado every day. 
I mean, they're like, you know, two for five and one would last me two days. It feels like <laughs> I have oats and milk for breakfast. I'm Lithuania and you are the dream team. Because I can afford avocado. Yeah. Wow. If you believe those boomers who draw cartoons in the newspapers. <laughs> yeah, well, that's why you own several properties. <laughs> boomers. Andrew Gaze. <gasps> <gasps> Gacy's writing those articles. <laughs> yeah. No. Okay, Boomers. <laughs> Obviously, international listeners would be well aware the Australian basketball team's called the Boomers. Obviously. And obviously, uh, international listeners would be aware that uh, Andrew Gaze is kind of like the Albert Einstein of the Australian basketball court. Yes. Yes, thank you. He's the genius mm. of the layup. That's <laughs> sort of what he's known as here. Oh, yeah, the genius of the layup. <laughs> wow. He can't dunk, but man, he can push it in off the backboard. <laughs> oh, yeah. That little square's there for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> He, but he used to... It is. He used to pass to a guy who could dunk for the Tigers. <laughs> That's how good. Gaze to Copeland. I was a, a great oh, yeah. alley. I reckon Copeland. every point that Copeland scored technically should go to Gaze because without yeah. him, there's no there's no Copeland without Gaze. That's teamwork, so baby. Gaze is number one in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. Just like Scotty Pippen, pass to Michael. Good work. Good decision. Scotty Pippen, MVP. Mm-hmm. When Scotty was out, and they talk about show this in the doco a bit, he, he sat out for a while... Kind of because he he wasn't being treated super well, uh, so he took a he got surgery mid season when maybe he could have got it out of season as a bit of a quiet protest or a loud protest, mm. and the team really suffered without him and with Jordan still playing. It's interesting to see you can't even on a five man team you got to have pretty handy players yeah with you. you can't put it all on one player to carry everything. Just imagine if they'd kept Andrew Gaze. What could have been? Who? who? <laughs> the NBA. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I'm pretty sure... I'll look that up. I'm pretty sure he won a ring for the Spurs. Do you know I mean... Uh, Maybe uh, even with David Robinson, the Admiral. No. Re- oh, that is... That's impressive. If true. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, either way, it's impressive. It's impressive if I've been able to come up with that fake fact. That is impressive. Gazy is a bit like Steve Martin in that he's looked old from yeah, a young age. Yeah, Silver Fox. Yeah. Silver Fox in his 30s. Yep. Just maintained it. Yep. Oh, you better believe it. He won with the Admiral in 1999. Well done, Matty. Well done, Gazy. Look, I mean... Yeah. I, no, you can take credit for well, his Well, yeah, I think it was a team... It was definitely a team effort. I did as much on court as Gazy in <laughs> that win, <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> Oh. Anyway, Dave, stop getting distracted. Do All go right, sorry, on. Sorry, we've got to go. So, the Lithuanians and the USSR, their players, they're always watched, but this didn't mean the young men didn't attempt to make the most of their situation. Did they? They were their main industry was making batteries. Is that right? The and, and these the basketball players. Is that a thing? Lithuanian batteries. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Am I right saying that? Yeah. Yeah, I thought so. <laughs> so. Just how quickly you hated yourself there. Well, I'm just starting to doubt it. Dave looked at me like that might not be right, so mm. I'm not sure. But you're confusing the word lithium with Lithuanian? I'm, I'm hearing you say the same thing <laughs> twice. <laughs> so they tried to make the most of the situation. Most of their countrymen weren't allowed to travel outside the USSR at all. Remember, yeah, so they've I- got to, you know, enjoy it. As yeah, much try, as they can. I yeah. mean, eat the chicken, the orange slices, the banana. Am try I right? a banana. You'll love it. 
Dave, remember that tiny, tiny banana you had in Thailand? Oh, it was so small. It was so tiny. <laughs> it was so small. It was crazy. So it looked like a fake banana, but it was a real banana. Oh, what Dave, a con- remember that? What a country. So exciting. After we talked about oranges last week, I bought a couple of oranges. I'm going to go eat them. Wow. We should be sponsored by the Fruit Council. Ooh. Does that exist? I take fruit free fruit for life. I reckon. <laughs> what is is this becoming sorry. my other podcast getting fruity with Matt sorry, and the boys sorry. all of a sudden? Sorry. I, sorry I know to step you, on your turn. You have a patent on that idea. <laughs> Remember I said David Robinson's salary at the time was five point seven million dollars a year? Mm-hmm. That is over a hundred thousand dollars a week. Well, a Soviet athlete's salary at the time was one hundred dollars a month. Oh my god. David Robinson would earn their yearly salary every two hours. Ugh. So their yearly salary. Yearly salary every, every two, hours. two hours. Oh my god! But that the sucks. but the cost of living in America at that <laughs> point was a lot higher than Lithuania. Yeah, they mm. got such cheap power because of all the batteries. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they stored it up. Yeah. <laughs> so the Soviet athletes weren't well off by any stretch. So to make even more money on their tours, they would go shopping and fill their suitcases with as much as they could. They'd illegally take the purchases back to Lithuania and sell the items on the black market. Oh, my God. They risked jail time doing this because it was smuggling, but they went for it nonetheless. It became a competition as to who could pack the most in their suitcase. Wow. That's a fun competition. That is sad that they have to do that. I bet Jordan would have put money (laughs) on it, though. Yeah. (laughs) Bet you I can pack more in mine. (laughs) He loves a gamble. Michael, stop taking money off us. You have so much money. I bet you earn more money than you. No, no, I'm not taking that bet. (laughs) Uh, Where they went would depend what they would buy. In Italy, they'd buy jeans. In Spain, shoes. In Japan, electronics and TVs. In America, well, they had everything. They buy food. Were they allowed to bring it back? Yeah, secretly. They'd smuggle Uh. it back. Once computers became popular, that's... That was the must-smuggle item. Once it became the person of the year. (laughs) Time really influenced the world with that. Oh, you simply must smuggle a computer. And the athletes could triple their money if they brought home a computer. Wow. But you buy it for 500, sell it for 1,500 bucks. Uh, When Sarunas was selected as the Soviet's number one athlete in all of uh, the USSR, he was asked to make a speech. This is the basketball player, Sarunas Marcelonis. They handed him the speech and he was told he had to read it word for word. He disagreed with what it said because it had lots of praise for the USSR and their way of life and how free they are. What a, he refused to speak. He was told, your wife is about to graduate university. If you don't do this for us, we'll make life very difficult for you and your family. So he had to speak. Jeez. So a high point in his career, being named the best athlete in the, in the land, quickly became a low point because he had to spout all this bullshit. Oh, wow, that sucks. And he was ashamed of himself for a long time after that. That's awful. I would have just read it kind of sarcastically, you know? They didn't say anything about what tone it had to be in. I would have been like, oh, the USSR is so (laughs) good. I would have just done uh, inverted. I would have done question, like, fuck, what am I trying to do? Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) It's so good. (laughs) Oh, man, I love it. I love the USSR. I love it. Uh, I love the US. SR. <laughs> you pretend to turn the page. Yeah. Like they've typed it up. US, I'll turn the page. SR. Uh, basketball sometimes got political. Sabonis, one of the other great players, was part of a, uh, a club called Zelgiris, where Lithuania's best players played. They played a match against the Central Red Army Sports Club, a club that was made up of players from all over the Soviet Union except Lithuania. 
Zelgiris was seen as a team representing a political movement, a movement that wanted freedom for all of Lithuania. Zelgiris was expected to lose. After all, Lithuania had 3 million people and the rest of the Soviet Union had over 200 million. Okay. <laughs> Zelgiris fans packed the stadium and watched them defeat the Red Army. Wow. It was massive. Wow. And which was bad news for the Red Army team because they were told under no circumstance can you lose to these guys. And then they did. Oh. Oh, they all. Wait, did they all get shot? Or? <laughs> no, it wasn't quite that bad, but it was. It was. Yeah, they were pretty upset with it. They all got spanked and not in a sexy way, oh, like an no. owie way. <laughs> you know, it's a fine line. An owie way? Between. Oh, an owl! <laughs> Too much! It was owl. Oh. Yeah, no fun spanking. It, it was a massive slap in the face of the union and a huge morale boost for the Lithuanian team and its supporters. And it was actually seen as a big step forward for the country. That's how big basketball was in Lithuania. Yeah, Shit, right. they, I would never have thought. I don't there was, know why. They were thinking there was no chance of them actually beating the Red Army, but we just beat their basketball team, so fuck you. Yeah. Uh, Sabonis also made history in 1985 when he was selected by the Atlanta Hawks as the 77th pick for the NBA draft. That year, Patrick Ewing, future Dream Team member, was the top pick. Unfortunately for Zabonis, he was disqualified for not being 21 as the rules required at the time. I was too young. He was only 20 and a few months. Mm. So the next year, he was selected in the first round with the 24th pick by the Portland Trailblazers. He was now old enough to play, but the Soviet Union wouldn't let him leave to play for an American oh, team. Shit. So he missed out. No. Did the, so did the Hawks not know his age? And yeah, I think there was some confusion over that because he was, you know, so far away. And then the next year... Trailblazers he, tried to pick him. And he didn't know that he wasn't going to be allowed. To no, play. he knew. He he was like... People told me, uh, you've just been offered a contract. And he was like, that means nothing to me because I know they're never going to let me play. Right. Oh, they won't man. let me leave. That's and, you know, that would have been a million-dollar contract. I wonder if he could... He, yeah, I wonder if that's why the KGB doesn't let him out of his side in America in case he yeah, sneaks just off. Yeah, defects and runs away. But also in 1985... During a game in Vilnius, Lithuania, the other absolute gun player, Marcelona, struck a friendship with one of the opponent players, a guy named Donnie Nelson. Donnie Nelson was an American player participating in the friendly match, and Marcelona absolutely smashed him that night, scored 40 points. He was supposed to be manning up on Marcelona, and he just dominated him. But he was super impressed by the talent of his opponent, and as is often the way, it's not what you know, but who you know, and Donnie Nelson's dad... Uh, was uh, Don Nelson. Nelson. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And he got him a six record recording contract. <laughs> Crazy. Never picked up an instrument in his life, but it was a ticket out of there. Straight to the top of the country charts. <laughs> Couldn't believe it. <laughs> no, his father was Don Nelson, who a couple of years later became the head coach of the Golden State Warriors in the NBA. Donnie told his dad, Don, oh, <laughs> you got to check out this Lithuanian guy called Marcelinus. He's awesome. It was a complicated process, but the Golden State offered Marcelonis a contract. He was told he couldn't go, just like his oh. mate Sabonis. But he consulted lots of lawyers, and he decided to sign the contract and risk being thrown in prison. Wow. Sort of hoping... It became a media story, and he hoped that the media hype would keep him safe. Yeah. Golden State coach Donnie Nelson was able to secure the contract. This is over several years. And in 1989... Marcelonis became the first Soviet player to be allowed to play oh, in the NBA. Oh, shit, wow. he did it. It was a three-year contract worth $3.8 million. Oh, my God, that's insane More money than money. he could... He was being, making $100 a month previously. This is more money than he could ever dream of. Wow. And it was a culture shock for him and his family when he got to America. He couldn't believe that he could just buy a car on the spot. 
And perhaps even more amazingly, on his first trip to the supermarket, when he noticed that there was no rationing on fruit and vegetables, he started crying. Oh. Uh-huh. <laughs> you mean oh I can God. buy all of this? You can have anything you want. It's An- fine. Oh, amazing. Far out. He was making a hundred bucks a month. I make more than that a week. What? Holy shit. I wouldn't what? declare that out loud. The tax people are going to come for you. <laughs> I-, I make more than a hundred bucks a week. Is that true? I don't even care who knows it. <laughs> Bloody. I bet you get mugged on the way home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm driving my Maserati home. Thanks very much. They're unmuggable. Hundred dollars for that Maserati, thank you very much. <laughs> I paid a hundred bu- I paid oh, a week's a week. wage for that. <laughs> <laughs> week's wage, wow. <laughs> so nineteen eighty nine is a big year. He became this first the first player to make the transition and not get punished. It was also a big year in world politics. The Tiananmen Square massacre took place in China, the Berlin War fell in Germany, the Romanian dictator Nicolae Ceausescu was executed by his people. And Lithuania really began to push for independence from the Soviet I Union. I think a few of those things have never been said so cheerfully. <laughs> or, or brushed over so quickly. Well, I mean, it's just amazing that it was a... Sass twins. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there they are. Oh, well, there you go. Uh, Andrew goes just set one up. <laughs> <laughs> Copeland. Copeland came Slammed in. Slammed it in. And uh, laid, laid it up. Thank you very much. No Australian has ever dunked in their life. Well, Copeland. No, that's not true. <laughs> no, no, it's not true. We've got Andrew Bogan. I think, I think Copeland uh, might have been born elsewhere. I don't think. So yeah. that's why Gay is Australian born. Yeah, he's he alley ooped it to yeah. someone. I don't know. I think. I feel like Copeland might have even been American born. Yeah, but Copeland's American. American. So that's. Uh, Do you think that there's a country out there where no one has ever done a slam dunk and you could theoretically become the first person in your country in 2020 and to it, slam dunk. And it makes you like you're instantly the president. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that Ricky Gervais film, The Invention of Lying, The Invention of Dunking. <laughs> you, how did he do it? How did they do it? Whoa, what was that? Not even possible. <laughs> I might remember incorrectly, but I think Liz Cambage was the first woman to dunk at the Olympics. Oh, yeah, maybe... Is that like in 2000 or something? Yeah. Uh, no, not 2000. That's too long ago. Uh, <laughs> more recently. I don't know. That feels believable. Dave, keep going and I'll look it up. I'm pretty sure that's right. All right. That's cool. So, Lithuania, the takeaway from that uh, paragraph that I really brushed over was they began to push for independence from the Soviet Union and all these other places were also pushing for independence and, and more rights. A movement headed by Vitautus Landsbergis. Incredible name. They so many of the names sound like like uh, Roman Empire-ish. They sound yeah, totally Landsbergis. Vitautus Landsbergis. Totally. Uh, he declared Lithuania's independence. Did he have the ability to do that? Uh, no, <laughs> but he went for it. I love it. And on August 23, 1989, approximately 2 million people joined their hands to form a human chain spanning 675 kilometres, 420 miles, across the three Baltic states, Estonia, Latvia and Lithuania. 2 million people joined hands. What? Well, this is (laughs) pre-COVID-19. Yeah, it certainly was. (laughs) I'm never shaking hands again. No. Let alone holding hands. Oh, I'm looking forward to shaking hands. No, you can't. Can do we it. hug again one day? Absolutely not. 
In a year. Okay. We can hug in a year. Ten years. Morning or afternoon? Because <laughs> <laughs> the plumber's coming in the morning. But I'm, I'm hugging him. <laughs> uh, Lithuania officially declared independence on March 11th, 1990, but it wasn't strictly that easy. The USSR weren't going to let them go without a fight. First, they put in an economic blockade and just tried to make life difficult for the independent seekers. You reckon you've already done a bit of that with the gulags? <laughs> yeah. But then now they're like, no, we're not going to give you anything. So absolutely cut them off from the rest of the world. Inflation soared and it was a very difficult time to be in Lithuania. Shit. Hoping to capitalise on the unrest caused by the inflation, the USSR sent in the tanks. Send in the tanks. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm honestly uh, starting to quite dislike the USSR. Oh. Yep, here we go. Crazy opinion alert. Here we go. Here it is. Oh, what's he up to? And uh, what about Lennon? What do you think? Dog or not dog? Well, it's tricky. <laughs> uh, you know, there's a lot of grey area there. Uh, he had a lot of good principles, but he paved the way for yeah. these tanks that ended up going into Lithuania in 1990. Mm. I reckon a good school principle will set anyone right, so yeah. I'm glad he had a few ones. Also... <laughs> <laughs> the Pun King's back in town. Um, you got punned. <laughs> you got punned. I looked it up. Liz Cambridge made uh, Olympic history yes. by being the first woman to dunk at the Olympics. Ah, uh, sick. In 2012, 20... not 2000. She was nine years old in 2000. That, that, been that was why I impressive. thought it was impressive. That would have <laughs> been awesome. I was dunking by 10. <laughs> Also in the year 2000, that was the first time they allowed ladders at the Olympics. Yeah. So it wasn't that impressive that <laughs> Liz got children. up there. And children. The Harlem Globetrotters won every medal. Yeah. It was amazing. So they're hoping to capitalise on the unrest caused by the inflation. The USSR sent in the tanks. They thought they'd be welcomed, but they totally misjudged it. Lithuanians flooded the city to defend their independence. When would tanks ever be welcomed? They thought basically they've already told them to fuck off. They thought they'd... Well, they thought they'd make it... The inflation's so unbearable oh, that they'd be like, welcomed oh, back. Please, you. your system actually wasn't that bad. Right. Our new system, I can't even afford bread before there was some bread. But they would also probably be aware that it, it's only that dire because of those, that yeah. yeah, the powers that those tanks represent. They did not do well. And Soviet soldiers unleashed violence across the city and shot and ran over hundreds of people. Oh, my God. 14 of whom died that night. Oh, my God. This was under the cover of Nightfall, but the atrocities were well documented. There's a lot of video footage out there. Shit. Uh, the leader of the Landsberg uh, of the of them Landsbergers called for his people to occupy the city the next day, and following the attacks, large crowds of more than fifty thousand people uh, supporting independence gathered around the Supreme Court building. People started building anti-tank barricades and setting up defenses inside surrounding buildings. The Soviets. Realised that they'd lost, so they left for good, and independence was recognised by other countries on that day. Lithuania became the first country to leave the USSR, and Landsbergis became chairman of the country. Okay. Basically their new leader. They were finally free. What a... Wow. It's a, such an inspiring and brutal story. Awful. It's crazy. And they were the first of many to regain their independence. In fact, by the end of 1991, so not that long later, uh, the entire Soviet Union was no more. Yep. So that was the first first domino to fall, kind of. Yeah. And uh, it had been sort of fracturing for a long time, and that's what Lithuania sort of sensed there. This is our... Th- if we're going to go for it, this is it. Wow. When did Turkmenistan and the Turkmenbashi... It wasn't too long after that, I think, that they... That, I guess uh, it was... A, yeah, it was, a, was it mid-90s, mid I think. It was early... I 
feel like 92 is a number in my head, but I don't know. It was a while ago we talked about him. Uh, Fascinating story, though. Yeah, it, it's just, you can't imagine, you know, go, uh, any of those sort of stories, just like, what a what a wake-up call to how lucky we are. Mm, totally. And to, a lot to of live the, here and now. A lot of the basketball players in the story, they had to watch on TV because, you know, they're either in the NBA or a few of them had moved to different USSR nations to play for their in their basketball squads in their wow. leagues and uh, th- watch their country and they were kind of like, are we going to win this or are, we, are my family going to be in trouble? Yeah, Jeez, that's full on. <clears throat> Back over in the USA, the Dream Team got together for the first time for a training camp in California. It was time to see how the best players in the world would actually play together as a team. There was a whole lot of talent and a whole lot of egos. They practiced together and everyone played like they had something to prove. <laughs> a few days later, they had their first time of play- uh, taste of playing on the same side when they played a closed exhibition match against some college players who were, of course, stoked to be playing against these legends oh of the God, game. Oh, my God, I'd be terrified. These uh, college players in Spain, this is all in Spain or is this still in America? Uh, this is in California. California, yeah. Uh, the Dream Team coach was Chuck Daly who I mentioned earlier, had been hired for his talent at handling and managing large personalities and egos. And this was his first chance to see how his players would go together as a team. It was expected that they'd all go for the ball and basically hog it mm. as they showed off to sort of impress each other. But the actual, actually, the opposite happened. They all passed a lot. No one wanted to be the first one to go for it in front of the other legends, and they played sort of like sheepishly. Oh, wow. That's interesting. I would have thought it would be definitely the yeah, opposite. Yeah, they were like, oh, if Michael's not going to go for it, then I'm not going to go for it. Or if Carmelo's not going to go for a three, or maybe I won't. The Dream Team didn't know how to play together, and at halftime they were getting trounced by these young people. Holy kids. shit. <laughs> That's fascinating. <laughs> They're crazy. The assistant coach, Mike Krasuski, asked head coach Chuck Staley what they should do, and he said, we're all right. Don't worry about it. I suppose, like, this is just, like, a a practice match. You would kind of let that happen. Yeah. You know, you wouldn't be like, get the shade, the ball. You'd be like, all right, all right, let's let's keep these egos in check. Yeah, well, the game went on, and by the end of it, the college team had smashed the dream team. Wow. The best players in the world were beaten by a bunch of college kids. What a great story for those college kids. Yes. They still dine out on that story. I watched a video. Uh, The media were let in after the game, but they tried to keep the fact that they lost a secret. They they made sure to clear the scoreboard. Yeah. (laughs) Because it would be a huge embarrassment to the league. Yeah. They've just picked 11 of their best and they got beaten by some college kids. It's since been speculated upon by Mike Krasuski, the deputy coach, that Chuck Daly could see that this would happen and basically through the game... By not subbing in players or making any tactical adjustment ju- adjustments in order to get his players' egos in check, as you just said, Jess, mm. and also to realise that despite the hype, they weren't invincible. Yes. The players did start listening to him more after this. Yeah. And the next day, they played a rematch with the college kids and the Dream Team beat them by nearly 100 points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it was all... And from that time on, they, they had the mentality, of, we've got to play with our hearts and properly because... We could lose. Yeah, and imagine yeah. how embarrassing that would be. One yeah. of the main changes they made was a bunch of the players. Jordan organised this. They got a VHS tape uh-huh. of Andrew Gaze's <laughs> famous layup, <laughs> and uh, they used they brought that in as a tactic uh, the following day. Yeah, and they laid their way up to victory. Yeah, they did. Yeah. I actually, believe that Nike slogan is just a shortening of what they would say. They would say, "Just do it. 
like Gazy does. Yes, that's right. <laughs> that's what they all said. Yeah, yeah. That's Karma what the Lone's full like, thing is, just, yeah. just remember, do it like Gazy does. Do it like Gazy. Charles Barkley, I'm doing it like Gazy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, like Gazy, I want to, if I could be like Gazy, is um, mm. one of the one of the uh, team tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> They've all got them on yeah. their left butt cheek. Yeah. Yeah. What would Gazy do? Win with a with a. That's layup. what it says on the right butt yeah. cheek. Win. Win. In brackets, in case it wasn't clear, Gazy. <laughs> He won a lot of NBL championships. He won so, the original NBA. And I mean, like, do you want NBA or do you want NBL, NBL. championships? So, I mean, what are the... So, I guess all the countries around the world have NB something. So, you know, Spain's NBD, the National Basketball District, that mm, sort wow. of thing. Is that true? They include... Yeah, they, their whole country is one district. Yep. Is that... Wow, that is fascinating. <laughs> I stumbled across that fact. <laughs> right. You really... The more set, you know. You really set me up Andrew Gay's style. Yeah. You Copeland me. Yeah. What a what a sweet dunk that yeah, was. Wow. Well, not a dunk. I can't dunk. <laughs> District. Layup. You set me up for that layup. Yeah. No Australian player has ever dunked. <laughs> Even though he's not Australian. Still, no Australian player has ever dunked. He was living in Australia for quite a while by that point. Lost the ability to yeah. dunk. <laughs> <laughs> Right, once you once you enter our country, you have to uh, leave your dunking abilities at the door. Yeah, yeah. you you'll relinquish. Be, you'll that. be fine. Yeah, we cut your Achilles tendon, so you can't <laughs> jump anymore. Mm. <laughs> it's a brutal country, but um, we got lovely beaches. Yeah, mm, beautiful, wonderful cafe culture. Mm, that, that water will sting your Achilles if you don't let it heal first. But <laughs> if you wait, it's beautiful. Uh, with dominant performance. Uh, performances in the Olympic qualifying tournament of the Americas, the dream team was ready to play. But they couldn't have been as keen to represent their country as the Lithuanians. Now the country was free, Lithuania's basketballers who were playing around the world were determined to represent their country at their first Olympics since 1928. Wow, that's epic. I'm so shocked that basketball was in the Olympics for that long. When did you know when it oh, came so it in? Oh, so it came in in 1936, but Lithuania hasn't been at the Olympics oh, as their own gotcha. nation since 1928. But even 36 is surprising. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. But there was one big problem. Oh. The country had no money. Oh. So often, yeah, um, these things come about like, you know, they change leaders or whatever and it's like, yeah, freedom. But it takes a while to actually get things going. So they, they didn't have money to send a basketball team over to Barcelona. Now playing at the Golden State Warriors, Sarunas, one of the star players, reached out to Donnie Nelson, the guy that discovered him and his father was Golden State coach. And they started running some fundraisers, speaking at events, and basically going door-to-door to raise money for the Lithuanian team. Every dollar they got, they sent it back to Lithuania. Imagine that, a multi-millionaire coming and knock on your door. Do you mind if you give us some money to send over <laughs> some of my mates? Mate, you earn multi-millions of dollars. <laughs> He's earning three point something, which is insane. I'm guessing they probably need a little more than that to bring everyone over, but that's fucking crazy. So they're fundraising. Yeah, they're fun- they're raising money to send their wow. their brand new country. And, but they're al- they're you're allowed to be sponsored in the Olympics, so they they couldn't get like a, a Nike or someone on board. Well, looking back, it, pr- it would have been a great move by them, but they did not. They did it the hard way. One of the local writers of the uh, the Bay Area, George Shirk, wrote about the Lithuanians' plight in a local newspaper. The headline was, "For a real dream team, take a look at Lithuania." The article was read by Jerry Garcia, Bob Weir, and Mickey Hart, who are all huge basketball fans, but also members of the rock band The Grateful Dead. <laughs> uh, soon after Sarunas was playing basketball in Detroit, the, sa- uh, the same night, The Grateful Dead were playing... Uh, sorry, 
the night before the Grateful Dead were playing in the same stadium. Oh, shit. So Sarunas and Donnie Nelson, they went a little bit early and they went to the gig. Sarunas was fascinated by the smell of the smoke in the arena and wondered how he'd be able to play there the next night. People lighting up a few doobies in the crowd. <laughs> a few deadheads. <laughs> oh, yeah. Huh? Huh? I didn't realise. Yeah, I knew they were a big band, but I didn't know they were like a stadium yeah, band. Yeah, big, big time over there. Big time. Yeah, they're one of those bands that's way bigger in America than they are here, right? Yeah. There's a few I- of those kind of bands. Rush is another band that's apparently real big in America <laughs> and yeah, these, Canada. Yeah, these bands that I'm like, I know who they are, but I couldn't yeah, name the songs on their song. greatest hits. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, no, they were, they were big time and they were playing at the same stadium that the NBA players played at. Hmm. After he went to the concert, uh, Sarunas met the band who were again smoking something backstage. I see. Ice. They <laughs> 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 moved on to something a little heavier. <laughs> the band was sympathetic to Lithuania's plight and agreed to sponsor the team and pay for their transportation costs. No way. To the yeah, I think Grateful the Dead. The Grateful Dead sponsored, sponsored. the Lithuanian basketball team. Do they wear Grateful Dead well, logos on there? Because uniforms? of an article they read. Yeah. That's and they were big sick. basketball fans and they were like, oh, yeah, we'll help you out. Far out. So that was a huge gift. They offered to pay to, to get them over to the Olympics. But that was not the only thing they gave the team. They also had some T-shirts and shorts designed as an eye-catching uniform. They sent over a box of tie-dyed shirts no. designed by New York artist Greg Spears. The shir- uh, shirts feature a skeleton slam dunking a ball, <laughs> and the rest of the shirt is this amazing tie-dye. Not a typical Olympic uniform, but the Lithuanians, who under the Soviets were used to grey and dreary colours for absolutely everything, they were stoked to wear them. Oh, that's so good. And they wore them everywhere, to the games, to the press conferences around the city. Oh, you got to share photos of those. Oh, they are so awesome. good. You can still get them. I really want one. Amazing. It meant that they were visible at the Olympics. So they'd go everywhere they go. And obviously, most of them are very, very tall men. Seven foot three. Yeah. Wearing clown outfits. And they're wearing these really, really bright shirts. So that everywhere people went, like, oh, that's the Lithuanian team. And they sort of got a rep that way. So awesome. it became, became branding for them. And it created a lot of buzz around the team because people would look into it and be like, oh, I haven't played at the Olympics since 1928. That's amazing. And it became like a uh, the must-have souvenir at that Olympics was right. one of these, these style of shirts. So, yeah, it really helped put them on the basketball mat. At the 1992 Barcelona Olympics, 12 teams qualified for men's basketball and they were split into two groups. Uh, groups. <laughs> the top four of Group A were USA, Brazil, Germany and Croatia, who also had a Quite a story having declared independence from Yugoslavia in 1991. So they were also a brand new country. Yeah, right, yeah. Uh, Group B included Lithuania, Puerto Rico, Australia, and the CIS, also known as the Unified Team, which was a team made up of the countries of the former Soviet Union, except the Baltic states like Lithuania. So they were a group... So they were in a group with their former peers, including Russia, which they saw as their former oppressors. Right. Damn. Oh, interesting. I think because everything had happened so fast that rather than those other countries that had just declared independence, they were allowed to, for one last Olympics, compete under one banner. And the players were like, I don't want to miss the Olympics. Yeah. All right. Cool. Yeah. And they were still seen as a big dominant force because there's still right. 190 million odd people that yep. they're drawing from. Just not the Lithuanians not who Lithu- made up the majority of their team. Yeah, that's right. And they're like, we don't want to lose to these guys because they're our oppressors. Uh, in Group A, the Dream Team lived up to their hype. Matt mentioned this on his Michael Jordan report, but they won their games by an average of 44 points. The hype that followed them was unbelievable. Everywhere they went, they were treated like rock stars. 
Magic Johnson recalls it because he's yeah he's such a fun smiley guy. Everywhere he's like we'd we'd get on the bus yeah we <laughs> wave from the bus yeah we'd leave yeah <laughs> 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 everywhere oh, they'd, and they'd move move a little bit yeah. <laughs> uh, the round mound of rebound. Charles Barkley also lived up to his reputation of saying and doing whatever he liked despite his he, pr- his he pledge. Promised. Before he said, the, I'll be a good boy. Before the team's first match against Angola, he said to the media, I don't know anything about Angola, but Angola's in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's not that bad, I guess. <laughs> and, he, and he was right. They smashed Angola both on the scoreboard and on the court. This is the controversial bit. Oh. At one stage, the score was 46 to 1. Okay, mercy rule. Barkley courted huge controversy for violently elbowing an opponent who he claims, to this day, had been elbowing him throughout the match. He said, he elbowed me three times. I let it go twice. He did it again, so I cracked him. It was portrayed in the media as a superstar lashing out as an amateur from Angola. (laughs) Barkley later said, somebody hits me, I'm going to hit him back, even if it doesn't look like he hasn't eaten in a while. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Charles. Michael Jordan recalled the incident and said, that's the same guy who just asked you for an autograph, Charles. You think he's not intimidated by you? Because <laughs> yeah. that's the thing. Before the match, they'd the other players would want their autograph. No, they'd want they'd get photos with him after the match. And Charles even said about this: "He's like, I'm about to whoop your ass. Why? Why you want a photo with me? <laughs> yeah. But they were just they were like you know the biggest thing in the world. Whoa. And despite the controversy, Charles Barkley gained legions of fans during the Olympics, and he became one of the, one of the most memorable personalities of the entire games. Because mostly because of his press conferences, and uh, he would travel around Spain, Barcelona, and people just loved him wherever he went. So his profile was really raised during the during the games, and the scores were amazing. They beat Angola one hundred sixteen to forty eight, down Germany one hundred eleven to sixty eight, smashed Croatia one hundred three to seventy, took care of Brazil one twenty seven to eighty three, and outshone host nations Spain one hundred twenty two to eighty one. Wow. Long story short here, the USA smashed everyone and easily made the semifinals. Lithuania, on the other hand, were more of a quiet achiever, but they had a great start to their games. They beat China, Venezuela and Puerto Rico, no worries. Their fourth game was against the unified team made up of the Soviet players. The evil empire to them. It was a lot more personal. Sadly, they lost against their old rivals, 92-80. to but they went on to beat Australia, so they made it to the semi-finals. But it was a real dash to the pride of the country. Did They'd they make it past them though? Did yeah. So it was CIS were eliminated, but no. So they were CIS, Australia, and Lithuania all progressed to the semis. So there was six in each each uh, each group, and the top four after playing everyone, playing the other five, went through to the semi-finals. Yeah, right. And okay. so many, I'm picturing two versus two in the semis. Uh, How many games in the semis? I, I said semifinals. I meant quarterfinals. Gotcha. And yeah, then cool. the winners of that go become the final four for the semis. And then that goes on to the gold medal match and the bronze medal match. Yeah, cool. Who's the unlucky sucker who drew, drew the dream team in the sem- in the quarters? It's sometimes in these kind of tournaments, you'd, you're like, if we win this game, we have to play the dream team. Yeah. So it, it must be strange sometimes when you know that, that kind of thing. You want to know who the unlucky suckers were? Oh, oh was it us? It was, it was us. No, it was, we, it, no, we got through to the... It was poor old Lithuania. Oh. oh. 
William, he made it about us. It was the He's been talking about Lithuania <laughs> for just a couple the way of he hours. Said it, I thought it was going to be us, even though I knew that they ended up. No, was this the year they? No, I'm confusing a different year. Anyway, so it was the Dream Team versus Lithuania. The winner would go into the gold medal match, and the loser would play off for the bronze medal. Oh right, so this is this is the semi. So now. they made it through to the semi. So, so they, they won were, their. They both won their quarters, obviously. Yep. The Lithuanians knew the talent of the Americans and had seen what they'd done do to done to every other team, and basically had no fantasies about beating them. But they did wanted to put on a respectable showing, and they did. They were just stoked to be playing against such amazing talent. Only Marcelonis, who played in the NBA, had ever played against anyone that good. Wow. One of the younger Lithuanian players, uh, Arturis Casanovas, even started taking pictures with a uh, pictures with a camera from the side of the court. <laughs> <laughs> he. He's now like a, a high up NBA exec, but he said at the time he was like, no one else has taken photos, so I figured I'd try, and uh, they all turned out terrible. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, the dream team did smash them 127 to 76, but it wasn't embarrassing. The dream team was smashing everyone. Yeah, it sounds like yeah. a pretty similar scoreline to all the other games. Yeah, so they did pretty good. That meant that the USA went on to the gold medal match against Croatia. Croatia put up a big fight and got closer than any other team. But the margin was still 31 points, with the USA triumphing 117 to 85. Wow. Triumphing. They lived up to their reputation and put their country back on top of the basketball world. The team had averaged 117.3 points per game. Chuck Daly hadn't called a single timeout throughout the entire tournament. What? (laughs) He didn't wipe the floor with He didn't need to. Amazing. Michael Jordan was the only player to start on court in all eight games. They let everyone else cycle through, and they yeah. all they all were part of the uh, part of the starting five. But he was the only one that was always part of the starting five. But he was he was the second highest scorer. Charles Barkley was the team's highest scorer with really? an average of eighteen points per game. Eighteen points a game. Scotty Pippen led in assists, and Carl Malone and Patrick Ewing tied with the most rebounds. The round mound got out <laughs> yeah. rebounded. What about Lithuania? Yeah, what happened to them? Well, they played off for the bronze medal, and fate would have it. They had to rematch the only team that had beaten them. Their former country, the United Team. Damn. Oh, that's perfect. (laughs) I know. They were told they had to win at all costs. You're saying Australia didn't even make the top four this time? I thought that was our spot. Not this time. Sorry, Gazy. Poor Gazy. Poor Gazy. He deserved better. He deserved a gold. Mm. Better average more than 18 points a game. Croatia knocked them out, I'm afraid. Oh, yeah. Beaten, beaten by a pretty decent team. So they were told they had to win at all costs. For the pride of the new nation. Their first matches as a proper country, not just some Soviet colony. That's how people used to view them. And they were mm. like, no, we're our own team now. Yeah. We're big boys. They couldn't be beaten again. Their head coach told them... Men, you're playing for the people of Lithuania. People are watching you, losing sleep over you. They were told the whole country was either watching them on TV or listening to the game on the radio. Think about that pressure. Even making the top four is so impressive. Where they had to fundraise just to get there. It's an amazing story. It's wild. I had no idea. No. It's amazing. It was a close game the whole way through. Just before halftime... The United team were up by four points, but the Lithuanians clawed it back to be up by six points when the buzzer went. 
Final buzzer, half time. Half time buzzer. Oh wow! So they piled it on. Up by six. Uh, Valdemaris Hochimus had been struck in the head during the first half, and he was bleeding quite badly. Uh, head injuries bleed a lot. It's <laughs> fine. The leader of their country was there, Chairman Landsbergis, the man who'd started the revolution that got them free from fifty years of Soviet domination. What a funny change he's gone through. He's leading a revolution, and soon after, just sitting on the side of a court. <laughs> Watching some basketball, and then it would like he'd be on TV, and it would come up with uh, Chairman of Lithuania. <laughs> so what? He went up to Hotimus and asked him if the injury hurt, and Hotimus replied, "I can't see anything through the blood." Chairman Landsbergis told him, "Don't worry about it. You're spilling blood for Lithuania." Badass. Somebody help him. <laughs> Put a fucking bandage on him. No. Genuinely, a little see. cut on your head will bleed like a motherfucker. Just d- wipe it up, find the source of the blood, whack a bandage on it. For Lithuania. For Lithuania. <laughs> yeah. Do it for the country. You're, You're bandaging your head for Lithuania. You're creating uh, trip hazards for everyone else for Lithuania. Your blood's clotting for Lithuania. <laughs> <laughs> Your blood isn't clotting. <laughs> we should get you tested. <laughs> You're bleeding out. Full Lithuania. <laughs> the men hit the court for the second half. And the second half overall went to the United team. But would it be enough overall? With six minutes to go, there was only one point in it. Oof. The United team outscored Lithuania in the second half 45 to 43. But it wasn't enough to overtake. Lithuania won the bronze medal by four points. Yes. So good. Yeah. The Bronze Lith- would look good with their tie-dye as yeah, well. Yeah, it looks good. <laughs> the Lithuanian stars really shone that match with Marcelona scoring 29 and Sabonis contributing 27. Whoa. It was the proudest moment in the country's athletic history. There were, there were huge celebrations in Lithuania and in the locker room. The chairman came in and sprayed Marcelona's with champagne and then they all started singing the anthem. It sounded terrible, but they did it with pride. Yeah. So good. It's one of the weird quirks of, of these kind of team tournaments. That bronze you get to win, where silver you lose gold. Yeah. So it's a, it'd be more satisfying to win the bronze medal than, than to lose, go in with the silver. You got, yeah. Yeah, it's that's a fun, true. Yeah. Funny, funny thing. So it's almost perfect for them. Yeah. Yeah, it mm. worked out really well. I reckon. I remember. Uh, we don't have time for another tangent, but I'll tell it anyway because I've started. Um, going like as a teenager, going into a grand final game, and I got there as the the game before us was finishing and they were doing like a medals presentation. And I was like, wait, if you come second, you still get a medal. And they're like, yeah. I was like, ha! Huh. And I was so relaxed that whole game because yeah. I knew either way we were getting a, we were yeah, getting a little something. trophy or something. I was like, oh, this is going to be all right. The other team were like making mistakes because they were really nervous. And I was just like, fuck yeah, going home with the trophy. silver. And we so won. You won a silver medal. <laughs> <laughs> Got it though. So pretty sick. Yeah. Anyway, I just think, yeah, that's such a good point that you win bronze or you... I would go into a gold medal match like, well, I'm getting a medal either way. You know, (laughs) I'd be stoked. I don't care. I want a medal. And that's why I'll never be a professional (laughs) athlete. That's why you made it to the top. (laughs) Was that sort of ruthlessness you have. (laughs) You know how competitive I am. Yeah, Michael Jordan was... He was stoked at the times he came (laughs) runner-up. You mean I get a participation award? I love that. Well, in 18 months, the small nation of just 3 million had gone on from declaring independence to winning on the world stage. Wow. A team sponsored by a rock band from a place many had previously never heard of won the bronze medal for their people. Lithuania added a gold medal, also that tournament, uh, 
by uh, when a discus thrower, Romus Ubatus, won gold. Yes, that, Romus. They're all such yeah. Roman names. He sounds like Caesar's offside. Uh, Romus Ubatus. That's great. I feel like this is a win-win for both dream teams. Totally. Like, well, I'm glad the American dream team won. And I'm glad Lithuania got the... They needed it, the US Dream Team. <laughs> they <laughs> needed know? it. I bet they had a, a... You know, that would have been good for their egos because they, mm. they, they needed a little it. boost. Well, it actually meant the Lithuanians stood on the podium next to the world-famous members of the Dream Team. Of course. And you better believe they proudly wore their Grateful Dead tie-dyed T-shirts. Yeah. Serena's Marcelona said, The Grateful Dead believed in us when we were nobody and we're going to pay tribute to them. Oh. When you started telling this story, I thought it was just going to be they they made it and they played in the Olympics. I didn't realise it was going to be a, them winning a bronze. Sick. Uh, so 12 men received bronze medals. Three of them already had gold medals from the previous Olympics. But they'd won that for the USSR. This time they'd won bronze for Lithuania and it meant a lot more. Wow, that's nice. Yeah, I forgot they'd, they'd been in the Olympics for the USSR. So that part isn't so new for them, but playing for Lithuania would be yeah. pretty special. Totally and they had to beat Andrew Gaze's boomers to get there. Amazing. That would have, I imagine, I mean, you breezed over it, but I imagine that would have probably been a the biggest moment for a lot of <laughs> them. A very tough game. Yeah. Beating a hero like that. Oh, my God. Hope they got they bloody got a photo with Gazy after that. And he yeah. would have been very obliging. Yeah, he would have. Unlike Charles Barkley. Charles Barkley asked, fuck his name he asked Gazy for a photo. Yeah, of course he did. He's Gazy. I reckon. Yeah, yeah um, I I imagine that um, uh, Gazy would have made a funny little quip as well. Oh, I would assume so. Yeah. He used to do the sports news on Channel Ten, and then he'd do his his footy tips. He'd do his tips for the AFL, and then shoot a basketball over his head or something. <laughs> Did what he, a man. Did he ever get it in? Oh, probably every time. Three out of five times he got it in. <laughs> it's yeah. Gazy. It's of course gazy. he did. I reckon he probably did okay. <laughs> Has he got an, an order of Australia yet? I assume so. So Andrew Gaze to you, please. Yeah. Um, just to wrap it up here, after the Olympics, all the members of the Dream Team, except for Magic Johnson and Larry Bird, returned to the NBA. The Dream Team had taken the NBA to a whole new level and interest in basketball exploded around the world. So, as Matt was saying, it really did put it on a new stage. Yeah. Since 1992, the USA has won gold at every Olympics, except in 2004 when Argentina won gold and the USA won bronze that year. Bronze. That's a big a big drop. Because, that, like, this would, they still think of this as the full dream team because after this, they did find it hard to get the best of the best to play, didn't they? And uh, this was already a golden age in the NBA as well. But I think... Usually they wouldn't be able to get the, get the but I'm pretty sure like these are, like LeBron's won a gold medal, right? Uh, Lithuania won bronze again in 1996 and 2000. Wow! Both times beating Australia and poor old Andrew Gaze. Gaze competed in five Olympics and came fourth three times. Oh. That's such a I'm, I knew I remember a couple, but yeah, I, to me that's pretty cool that Gaze went top four at the Olympics three times. It's sick. Uh, and as for our Lithuanian guys, Veldemaris Hochimus, the man who bled for Lithuania, went on to be an assistant coach on the Lithuanian national team and still coaches the top uh, team in the top Lithuanian league. Sarunas Marcelonis, he ended up playing eight seasons in the NBA, scoring 4,631 points. He later founded the Northern European Basketball League after being president of the Lithuanian Basketball League for 10 years. 
He's an inductee of both the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame and became a member of the FIBA Hall of Fame. Wow. So he's he's really well respected. And then there's Arvidas Sabonis. Arvidas Sabonis finally debuted in the NBA. This is the guy that got picked in 1985. Yeah, that could get there. He finally debuted in 1995. Ten years later. Wow. See, that was some quick math. So uh, as a 30-year-old? He was a rookie at 31. That's <laughs> so good. He had injuries in his knees and he was well past his prime. One of the doctors that gave him a medical before the signing said, uh, Arvidas could qualify for a handicapped parking spot based on this x-ray alone. Oh, my God. But they still signed him. Despite this, he played seven years in the NBA and scored 5,629 points and his team made the playoffs every year. Seven years till he was 38. Yeah, and he was already shot. His legs already shot at 31. He's in multiple Hall of Fames and in 2011... Sabonis was voted as the next president of the Lithuanian Basketball Federation. Just finally, current basketball fans might know the name Sabonis because his son, Demantis Sabonis, was born in Portland while his father was playing for the Trailblazers. Well, his son, Demantis, currently plays in the NBA for the Indiana Pacers and was named an All-Star this year in 2020. Oh, cool. So the future is very bright for basketball in Lithuania. That's awesome. So it lives on. Ah. Oh, that is the end of my longest report ever. Thanks Dave, for sticking with me. Well what a done. great report. Did it go that long? A, a breeze by to me. I think we're sitting at a, nearly a couple of hours here. So. Right. So. I felt like that went absolutely flew by. Yeah, that was great. Hey, can I give you a couple of quick Andrew Gaze stats? Oh, yes, yes, please. No better way Always. to finish than I. Because I just, I just quickly looked these up and some of these blew my mind. If you um, could just text me some random Andrew Gaze facts <laughs> over the next few days, I would love yeah, that. We should make a website called random Andrew Gaze fact generator. <laughs> like we, we were joking about how good, good he was, but he dominated the NBL. It is wild. Oh, he, yeah. He, uh, which obviously is the original NBA. Yeah. Yes. The uh, NBA won. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Uh, he averaged 44.1 points in 1987. He <laughs> averaged 44 points a game. Yeah. Fuck <laughs> me. Charles That's the Barkley highest ever single season 18. points per game average. That's the record season. Uh, eight-time NBL three-point field goal leader. Ten-times NBL free throw percentage leader. Obviously NBA champion, on and on. Who cares? Um, he was the NBL MVP. Between 91 and 98, every year apart from 93. Fuck. Say again? 91, 92, 95, 4, 95, 96, 97, 98. MVP. MBL MVP. Wow. 15 times all NBL first team. Uh, 14 times NBL scoring champion. 14 times. <laughs> um, he was the NBL rookie of the year in 84. I love this. Is maybe my favorite. Eight times NBL most efficient player. Oh yes. <laughs> what does that he mean? He uses energy well. Was the did people even bother going to the awards? It, it says it after nineteen ninety seven, the award was discontinued because Andrew Gaz was the only player winning it. They <laughs> 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 just stopped giving it out because he was the only one. Uh, six times Gaze medalist, which you know at the time wasn't named after him, but now is named after him, and that's the. Best International Australian Player of the Year. Uh, yeah. Far out, yeah. I mean, an, yeah, an incredible player. <laughs> That's but wild. What a could freak. Could never dunk. <laughs> <laughs> he, sad. Yeah, so he's, he averaged over 30 points like for the first 
15 years of his career almost. 29 his first, sorry, then from 85 all the way through to 2000, he averaged over 30 points a game. That's Peaking at over 40 in 87. That is bad. That is so much. Yeah, wild. And then obviously, yeah, NBA champion in uh, 98, 99. Anyway, he should have had his own bloody (laughs) report. But that's a mini Gazy report, little bonus report oh, there at the end. So worth it. Uh, well, that brings us to everyone's favourite section of the show, the Andrew Gaze stats section. <laughs> <laughs> now that week, that's done. Every week we have to do it. <laughs> but we also have a fact, quote, or question section mm. of the show. Uh, and it has a little jingle, I think. Fact, quote, or question. Ding. You never forget the ding. <laughs> oh, Nobody can't. ever forgets the ding. Uh, so, in this section of the show, if you support us at Patreon, at patreon.com slash pod, on the Sydney Schoenberg Deluxe Memorial Edition level, you get to give us a fact, a quote, or a question. I'd read out two a week. I don't read them until I read them. You also get to give yourself a title. This week, Larry First is the first one we're going to do, and he's given himself the t- Great name, by the way. Yeah, Larry on you, Larry. First. I love all of that. He's given himself the title, Director of Foreskin Tabulation and Wedding Planning. Okay. <laughs> Well, let's see if this quote he's given us gives us more context there. <laughs> What's a foreskin tabulator? <laughs> don't ask questions. And wedding, Dave, everything. I this know. is. Go- I mean, it's quotes from the Bible, so maybe this will help us out here. From the Bible, uh, <laughs> one Samuel eighteen to twenty-seven. Quote: David took his men with him and went out and killed two hundred Philistines and brought back their foreskins. They counted out the full number to the king so that David might become the king's son-in-law. Then Saul gave him his daughter, M- Michael or Michael, in marriage. Bible's got a lot of stuff in there. Uh, I so don't you, rec- you go out, you bring back a whole bunch of foreskins, you count them out in front of this man, and then he says, all right, you can have my daughter for in exchange for 200 yeah. foreskins. That, that uh, tradition has evolved over time to the wedding ring, but it used to be 200 <laughs> human skin wedding rings. Is there uh, a chance that if it was 190, he would have said not enough? Not enough. I'll have to go back and get 10 more. 10 I, more, I was certain that story was going to go, uh, he said, these are 200 foreskins. He'd say, thank you. And it turned out that the men were still alive, that they just chopped <laughs> off their foreskins. And that fore- started circumcision. Yeah, that, yeah like, that was like the way that they survived or something. Because obviously 200 foreskins, that doesn't mean the men are necessarily <laughs> dead. You haven't chopped off their head. They're in pain though. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you better believe they're limping for two weeks. <laughs> No, I'm pretty sure in biblical times there was great anesthetics. Yeah. So it would have been fine. Well, uh, Larry okay. first. Fantastic quote. Thank uh, you for that. A memorable one and inspirational quote. I think we're all taking something different out of it. First quote from the Bible and first uh, foreskin quote. So thank you. Yeah, you Living got a up couple to your name. First there. Uh, secondly, Stefan Headley uh, given himself the title of Do Go On Brewer Extraordinaire. Well, that was the end of this. Got a question. And the question is. If you were to make your own do-go-on beer, what kind of beer would it be and how would it taste? Well, let's I think start. Jess and I delicious. will handle this one if you don't mind, Matt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Matt. Of course. Take it back seat I think here, we'll champ. Go, I think we'll go with a, a West Coast IPA, I believe. Oh, great. Because the East, East Coast uh, is a little bit too hoppy for me. Is that right? Uh, yeah, it's like a cloudier. Thank you. It's, it's Yeah, I think they're both quite hoppy, but um, the... East Coast or the NEPA, the New England IPA, <laughs> is, the, is the cloudier one. Matt, what's that one I like from Brisbane? 
Oh, you like the passion fruit goza yeah. or go- goes, depending on who you That's talk the first to. time we've all three of us have had a beer and said yum. <laughs> yeah, yeah. the best. Is that does that so mean we should make that kind of beer? Maybe we should make some yeah. Maybe we maybe we should have our own take on it. Another fruit. What kind of fruit would you do? Passion fruit. Passion fruit. <laughs> <laughs> so we're just, we're just gonna rebadge yeah. the seven bells from Green Beacon Brewery yep. in That's ours now. What okay. about what about dra- dragon fruit? No, I doubt there's passion already passion fruit. I'm looking that up. <laughs> I do like. I love passion fruit, and I do like that beer. Okay, it could be apple. Oh wait, that's cider. No, I don't like apple. Let's stick to. I passion like apple fruit. to eat. I don't like apple to drink. Okay, interesting. Mm. <laughs> there you go. I love learning about you. Yeah, well, I like I've opened to, up there, haven't I? I eat bananas, but I don't like banana flavored things. Oh, okay. I think I I do bananas. Like you don't like banana smoothies, sort of thing. Or like banana bread. I'm not that right. big on. Yeah, I don't like banana, banana bread. milk. I'll take banana in all its forms. Banana beer. Ugh. So we get yeah. So what a beer? Where's your what's your no go beer? My all beer. I don't okay. like beer. For me, I really don't like really bitter stuff like VB. Yeah. Too 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 bitter for me. Mm. Okay. Well, like fr- but you, the fruity ones. Yeah. So maybe that's maybe that sort of sour ish. I could not have made through. it any clearer. It's we're that right, we're doing the seven. <laughs> Stefan. Uh, <laughs> well, I don't wonder because he is the Dugan Brewer Extraordinaire. Maybe he's going to brew this beer. Okay, so just get in contact with the people who make the passion fruit <laughs> one that I like, and just say, "Hey, there's my... nothing you would do to change it." No, it's perfect. <laughs> it is a very nice beer. What about it came in a bigger can to get more? Well, you can just get a pint of it. Or when Matt and I did Razzle Dazzle in uh, in Brisbane. My cousin, who I hadn't seen for easily 10 years, came to the show. And uh, it was an average show that he came to as well. When we walked out of our room, he was standing there applauding. <laughs> and then he bought us pints of that beer. Was that the third show? The first two were fun from memory. First two were great. Third hey. one, weird. Uh, it's <laughs> funny when you, your family come. They ruin it. And it's, <laughs> the, it's the dud show. They ruin it with their support. Yeah. And then he was... So happy for us. It was great. They, we had a few beers after that, and I forgot about the show being a bit, yeah, it doesn't matter a anymore. bit less fun than normal. Uh, thank you so much, Stefan, for letting us talk about beer for a bit. Thank you, Stefan. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like <laughs> Jess has not given us any room to explore there at all. Uh, what about just a high high alcohol content? It was like a 10% beer or something. Oh, like an imperial. Let's call it, you know, like they do imperial stouts or double IPAs. They're sort of the almost fortified beers where they normally five or six percent. Those ones go up to nine or ten or eleven. Oh. Maybe we do an imperial passion fruit goza. That there we go. Goza. We put our own brand under there. I like it. Our own spin. Yeah. What if we add a little bit of raspberry? Yeah, great. Passion fruit. That's why I think we add a bit of uh, some other flavour in there. Yeah, that's some, different. Some sort of how do you can say? we make it like a neapol? What's that ice cream? Neapolitan. Neapolitan. <laughs> we make it like a Neapolitan, right? So we have mm. three. Yes. So at least one that Bob can drink. Yes. And that one's the passion fruit one. Dave, will you want to do the vanilla one or the chocolatey one? Vanillary, I think. Okay, what are you gonna what are you what's your do you have another thing that we could do? So we've got one that's a sour and that's sort of the strawberry fruity one, which is passion fruit and raspberry. I think vanilla's gotta be like a plain one, doesn't it? Like something like um something that you can drink heaps of uh, in summer, you know, oh, like yeah. a very light sort of not to like the a taste or something. Yeah, oh, yeah, okay. Or like a session, 
pale ale or something. Yeah, something that basically you need to add lime to get a bit of flavour. You know what oh, I mean? Oh yeah, something okay. Like that's so well, like a suck it back, like a, a Corona or something. Yeah, something something that goes well in humid weather. Right. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, something like real low on flavour. Yeah. Water. Soda water. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's Dave's Hello. dream beer. Oh my god. Soda water. With a bit of lime in it. Either that or chocolate big M milk. I think I think that's a <laughs> there are more and more of these beers that are like milky beers and they oh. actually add um lactose into it. That sounds I mean, is it awful? I've had some that are really nice. Okay. Yeah, it and then you're like, awful. Oh my god, this is a milky beer, but it tastes good. Yeah, it's it's wild what what they've been doing. And then I guess we finish because then that's a fun idea. You have this and you buy it in a three pack. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. And it's like the do go on pack. The passion fruit one's got Bob's face on it. <laughs> the soda water's got Dave's, or the you know the Pilsner or the whatever it is, the lighter flavor. Oh my god, it's a shandy. That's what Dave shandy. wants. It's a beer with a bit hand of lemonade. Mm. You know, hand shandy is like a euphemism for a hand job. A hand shandy. Have you heard of that? No, one? I haven't. I've heard well, of a handy. A hand shandy out the back of and the shed. And I've heard shandy. of a shandy. I might have made that up then. <laughs> no, I've heard that before. Hand shandy. What? It's, Why? It's like complicating a thing without really hiding it at all. And also, it's hard. It's much harder to say. Yeah. Absolutely. Say handy. Say mm. wristy. Wristy. Say hand job. <laughs> it's all easy. I think my beer is called the uh, is called say hand job. <laughs> <laughs> That's my beer. Instead of uh, it's a saison style, but it but it's called say hand job. Say hand job. <laughs> Fantastic. There you go. Put me down for a saison. <laughs> and then I guess, and I with chocolate, you got to go. But it has to be some sort of a, maybe even a chocolate stout. Mm. Oh yeah. Uh, and then we, yeah, we have the three pack. You can have them all. You it's can have them all. We can have one. Yeah, it's a three course meal. Exactly. You I can... love this idea, Stefan. If you can make it in your, in your, I assume if you're a brewer extraordinaire, you've got the skills. Uh, At so the time. Be great. Yes, no doubt about that. Uh, thank you for that. Uh, question Stefan and that foreskin quote Larry. <laughs> Thank you. That's what we'll call him now. Foreskin. Foreskin. <laughs> foreskin Larry. <laughs> I like foreskin. I love foreskin. <laughs> I like foreskin. <laughs> One of our old favourite catchphrases. Uh, well, and the other thing we like to do is thank a few of our other patrons, and you can support us as well at patreon.com slash do go on pod on the I forget what level, but maybe DB Cooper level. Mm. It's all clear if you go to the site and it says what all of them get. Some levels get bonus episodes. This month we're doing three bonus episodes, including our first episode of Phrasing the Bar, the podcast that celebrates the movies and life of actor extraordinaire Brendan Fraser. I'm so excited. Dave's also coming up with a, some sort of a game. Yes, they'll be coming out uh, very soon. And this a mini week. report, which I'm, um, fingers crossed... Hoping it's going to be about Andrew Gaze. Oh, we've <laughs> so much tonight. You could do a triptych of bonus reports about famous Aussie sports people. Oh yeah. So we've done. I've done Greg Norman. Yeah. Andrew Gaze. Who else we got? Thorpey. Thorpey. Yeah. Obviously not Bradman. Thorpey. Got to be Thorpey. Dawn Fraser. Dawn Fraser. She actually be would great. be good. Yeah. Dawn Fraser, Dawn Fraser, has Fraser has got a, an amazing life. Interesting uh, life. What about Ivan Gulagong? Yeah. Won multiple Grand Slams in the tennis world. Uh, what about the first woman to dunk at the Olympics? Mm. Oh, yeah. Non-assisted by a ladder, though. Who's that? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's okay. You got me on technicality <laughs> okay. there. Yeah, she nine did year have old, a ladder. Nine-year-old Liz did it. <laughs> uh, 
okay, so what what kind of game we got to thank some of these other supporters? I here, was thinking Bob? of giving them like their on court nickname. Okay, love it. That's good stuff. All right. so we've had the mailman. We've had Clyde the Glide. I think Clyde the Glide's my favorite. It's really Jordan's good. not super kind to him in the in the doco. He says something like, um, "Or people he sucks." <laughs> People were saying it's it's a real matchup between the two, and he hated being talked about in the media as uh, his equal. He's like, he's a pretty good player, but he is not in the same conversation, basically. But he doesn't wow. consider anyone else in the conversation, does he? Uh yeah, I guess not. Well, yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess not. Depending on when it was, I think after Magic had retired and stuff. Um, Clyde the Glide, what a name. Uh, okay, so firstly, I'd love to thank Drew Peisner. Drew, I mean, Peisner feels like a pretty good... Dave, you're, a, I mean, you're being the pie man. You've probably... Yeah, something uh, pie related? Call him Shepherd. Oh, yeah, Drew oh, Shepherd Peisner. That's good. Am I, I, I mean, Drew's been a long-term supporter. Obviously, that's why we thank him. Um, he's one of the ones that slipped through as well, so... He's been waiting for a good year and a half for that shout out. Hopefully, I'm saying your name right, and I'm sure you, people correct me all the time after I mispronounce their names. But in a way that I'm like, I'm not going to remember this by the time it I comes say your name again. again yeah. Unfortunately, but uh, I love your name anyway. But I mean, you figured right. out that it was you, Drew, so Drew Pisner. <laughs> and it's great because it also works on the court. He shepherds the ball. Yeah, Drew the shepherd the Pisner. Shepherd, yeah. I love that as a nickname. Shepherd, Fantastic. Shepherds it to Andrew Gaze. Bang. Who then gives it to Copeland? I should, of Who course, dunks. say that he is from West Hills in California. <gasps> in Drew West Hills, California. Shepard Pisner <laughs> playing basketball. Awesome. Uh, Thanks, Drew. I'd also love to thank, uh, from location unknown, <gasps> Will Ross. Will, Will Ross. Ross. Do you think he's from the center of the earth? Is he some sort of mole person? <laughs> no, Dave. <laughs> Uh, d- you can't accuse someone of being right. a mole person. What about... He could just be private. What about uh, Rachel and as the nickname? Yes. Will Rachel and Ross. Will, we were on a break, Ross. <laughs> the breaker. The breaker. <laughs> Will the breaker, Ross. That's good. I love that. <laughs> You're good at this. Bob, this is your forte. I'm great at nicknames. I came up with Bob. <laughs> That's true, actually. Dave <laughs> came up with Cougar or something. Cobra. Python. Cobra. Cougar. That's better. We'll call him the hey, Cougar. Dave Cougar. Love it. Melon Camp. <laughs> Sounds great. You just want anything, don't you? Thank you so much, Will Ross. Will the Ross. Boss. Will he would have got the boss. the boss his whole life. So I think he's pretty stoked to mix it up with The Breaker. Uh, may I thank some people as well? Please. Yes, please. I would love to thank from... Willard in Western Australia. In, in Western, Western Australia. Australia. Born, born and raised. raised on the... I was trying to think of something Western Australia. Salt Plains, no. On the yeah. sand dunes is where Western she spent most of her days. We are, of course, wanting to thank Kate McGilvray. Oh, Kate McGilvray. McGilvray. Oh I've McGilvray. added a letter in there. Kate McGilvray. What Fantastic. about... The uh, stinger. 
Oh, that's that's better. Oh, gonna say. That's what were you going to say? I was going to say uh, uh, Old Gill. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> the stick is way better. <laughs> old, old Gill. One Dave. of my favourite quotes from the uh, characters on The Simpsons. You could yeah. have said anything there and I already had That Sucks locked Sass and loaded. Fair enough. Thank but you. But that was pretty good. Old Gill. Old, old Gill. Gill is good. Uh, old Gill. Oh, I need this. Is that Fred? Oh, don't put him on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Kate, you can choose between Old Gill or... The Stinger. The, sti- stinger. the Stinger rules. That's an absolute cracker. <laughs> the Stinger rules. The Stinger rules. Fuck yeah. Dave just did a... I did a shucker. shucker. I shuck. Oh, I, I shuck. I know how to shuck. Thank you so much, Kate. The Stinger. That was also the stinger. one of uh, Moe's um, painted boxing moves. <laughs> With a barbed, barbed wire wrapped wrapped in a boxing glove. <laughs> we used I to call, call that the, the Stinger. Stinger. <laughs> stinger. <laughs> Uh, I would also love to thank, from a little closer to home, in Yarraville, here in Victoria, I would love to thank Paul Fleer. Oh, Paul Fleer, what Paul a man. Fleer. Have you? Do you remember the show? I think you were even on it one year, uh, Footy Footy Foot. Yes. Paul made the letters for the front of the desk. Get out of town. Yeah. Wow. A great man, Paul Fleer. What about we call him uh, David Letterman? Oh, oh, David Letterman. It's sort of like the mailman always delivers the letterman. <laughs> He's the letterman. He always pens the goodness. <laughs> That's <laughs> great. The letterman. The letterman also always delivers. He does. <laughs> Top tens really well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thanks so much, Paul. Paul, Paul. over there, the letterman. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic! I so appreciate um, all the support. We all Paul's partner Bridget also has helped me with my color wheel. Oh um, yes, and you know Bridget too. Don't and you? now I realise I know Paul as well. <laughs> what a man! You might know him. Beautiful, as the gentle energy. Just Paul know him as Paul. Yeah. You know, I know him as Paul. I just know Paul. I just know him as the Letterman. Yeah, <laughs> always delivers. Oh, the Letterman. <laughs> Sorry, Paul. Sorry, I didn't immediately reckon. I mean. I, I bumped into you in the street one time and I recognised you immediately. I feel like that's more important. I never recognise people outside of context. You probably didn't know he listened to the show. I, I forget. I, what an honour. I remember now. He doesn't just listen. He supports the he show. Supports what a legend. He supports the show. Paul Love you, Wake Up Legend. I mean, everyone we've mentioned is a goddamn legend. Can I thank two more legends? Thank Please. You. I would like to welcome into this exclusive club all the way from Austin, Texas. Oh, stay weird. Te- <laughs> is that a thing? That's, yeah, Elson's so weird. That's a Willie Nelson's town. Oh, fantastic. He Stay actually uh, adopted a Lithuanian player yeah. to come under his wing and uh, he became a country sensation. I would like to thank Tim LaFuente. Oh, my God. Holy shit. Oh, my God. Sorry, it's keep Austin weird, not stay weird. Stay weird. Could, um, could uh, Tim's nickname be... The stayer. Weirdo. Oh, weirdo. Because <laughs> he's from Austin? Tib La Fuente. What a name. That's Incredible. amazing. Holy shit. That's, I, feel, I feel a little bit high. That name has given pleasure right into my head. It's released some chemicals. Oh, are you happy for the first feel, time in 30 years? Yeah, I'm like, what is this feeling? <laughs> <laughs> Tim La Fuente. Holy shit. That is great. Appreciate your work. What a guy, weird. Weirdy, weirdo. God, I am God. good at nicknames. Jeez. <laughs> it's crazy how good I am. Weirdo. Oh, good Keep on you. Austin Tim LaFuente weird. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, I'd love to thank, and I'm sure you guys have left this for me. Do you just do this on purpose? From Wales in a place called... <clears throat> a 
Abitridwer. <laughs> oh my god. It'll be pronounced completely differently. It ends in a DWR. Yep. Fantastic. I mean, I, I have ultimate respect for the name, but I don't know how to say it. Abitridwer. I would like to thank Robert Smith. Robert Smith. The uh, least Welsh-sounding name I've ever heard. Uh, can I he would say, get it all the time, the Cure, but that is so a much. great nickname. Moby the Dick. Cure. Oh. Because he's a whale. Yes. He's from Wales. <laughs> okay. So his nickname is Moby Dick. <laughs> well, I reckon if, you, if there was a Welsh player in the NBA, they'd probably make a big deal out of it, so they would probably get something like that. Yeah. Like, okay, you're saying that like it's not a fucking genius nickname. Moby Dick is great. <laughs> Robert. It's a fucking whale. Name what, another whale. Go on. What about just the oh, dick? Free Willy. Robert the Moby. Dick what Smith. about just Moby? Robert Moby Smith. Oh, that's good. That's good. Moby's good. Well, again, you got options there. Um, Robert the Cure Smith. Robert the Dick Smith. Robert Moby Smith or Robert Moby Dick Smith. What about Robert Tom? <laughs> Robert Moby Dick Smith is probably the best one. <laughs> Robert, Robert Tom Jones Smith? Oh, uh, Robert, it's not unusual, Smith. <laughs> Robert Pussycat Smith. <laughs> Robert Sexbomb Smith. <laughs> Robert Catatonia Smith. You Do you know Catatonia? They had two big songs, well, like Triple J big in the late 90s. So huge. Mid to late 90s. Yeah, they, they <laughs> were big when I was... Delivering papers. <laughs> I remember hearing them a lot, <laughs> listening to Triple J as I rode my bike around the neighbourhood. And um, one of their songs was called Mulder and Scully. Oh, okay. And Dave's a big X-Files fan, so I thought you might have known that one. Right, that's it. Your nickname is Scully. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Robert Scully Smith. Robert Scully Smith. That's not bad. That's not bad at all. Yeah. You got a lot of options there, Robert. I mean, the man of many names, Maybe Smith. too many. I'm so sorry. What He'd about be you? stoked. A guy with the surname Smith. <laughs> I got oh all these options. I'd been getting Smithy my whole life. <laughs> the chip, the Big Dipper, double dip, double Robert dip. Double Dip Smith. Oh my God! You can't Stop. double dip the chip Smith. There's too many good nicknames. How will he choose? He's gonna have a different nickname every day for the rest of his life. Well, I mean, if you really want, he'd go with the ultimate nickname, which is of course Old Gill. <laughs> 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 yes, so, the ultimate use, nickname. Someone use it, please. <laughs> please. So good. Please. Old Gil. Don't put him on. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, that brings. Thank you so much to all those supporters. But that brings us to an even more exclusive club, the Triptych Club. Oh, Dave, you want to explain it? Well, people that have been supporting us at the shout out level on Patreon for three consecutive years, thirty six or above, short months or above, and uh, if you've been doing that for three years when you get to your third anniversary we will give you a shout out induct you into the club jess will come up with a little hors d'oeuvre a little cocktail something that we'll be serving that week we might talk about the live band that you'll be witnessing we often get some of the world's greatest musical artists dropping by our exclusive club and uh we'll of course thank you for your fantastic uh, support that's right dave and this week Mm. in the trip ditch club we're serving herb and garlic pizzas. Whoa. And escargot. Whoa, well, I was with you early. <laughs> as in like the chocolate ones or as in the snaily ones? Chocolate. Okay, I'm back on board. Fantastic. Those little pastries that people call escargots. Oh, yeah, that's it. Yep. I did. Because uh, that's why, because they're round, they're like swirled. Yeah, like they have a swirl like Are they chocolate shell. or are they like raisins or something in it? No, I'm back out. I think it's often chocolate or sometimes it is hazelnutty. Oh, well, I'm yeah. back in. Okay. <laughs> oh, God, this is a You're roller coaster with you, Matty. That's Love why it. they call me Matt the Flopper Stewart. 
Oh, that's not why they call you Matt the Flopper. <laughs> and you know it. You know why they call you yeah. the Flopper. Yeah, check your criminal record, mate. That'll you know. remind the you. The Chop Flopper. Um, always in appropriate scenarios. All right, so... Oh, dearie me. Mostly um, funerals. It's weird. <laughs> he keeps doing that's it. It's what they would have wanted. <laughs> it's open caskets they, and you just go up and flash them. They write him letters beforehand. I One don't flash them, I flop them. Hey, it was what they wanted. They said it was how they wanted to be sent off. Uh, okay, moving on. Um, so, coming into the Triptych Club, getting in behind the velvety rope and in uh, this beautiful swanky area. Did you say who's playing music this week, Dave? Uh, no, I actually uh, think we're going to have uh, some music from uh, Roy Orbison. Wow, the big oh. O. But uh, an, un, uh, an unusual DJ set. Oh, cool. <laughs> Roy Orbison's DJ. Is he the first All techno. <laughs> is he the first deceased artist we've had playing in the club? Uh, no, I think we've had Louis Armstrong doing a okay. bit of backup before. Right, okay. <laughs> so the precedent's been set. Well, there's three... And, and Dusty Springfield was singing it a while ago. Appropriately, three inductees into the Triptych Club this week from Shropshire in Great Britain, Telford to be precise, Thomas Price. Thomas Price, Thomas welcome. the Mice Price. Uh, <laughs> from Portland, Oregon, where the Trailblazers are from. <gasps> Henri, or Henry, probably, T. Wilhoit. Uh Henry the Trailblazer Wilhoit, <laughs> or, or Henry the Glide Wilhoit. <laughs> and from Texas, in Dallas, Texas, Matt the Black Panther Alexander. Dallas is where Pantera's from. Pantera's Spanish for Panther. I, I can see where you're going with it. I like it. Love it. I like it. So they're the three inductees. Grab Welcome. yourself an escargot. Yes. And the fla- there's a range of flavors, including hazelnut. Raisins or chocolate. And also snail <laughs> in a pastry. Yeah, it's a bit gross. <laughs> sort of did it as a bit of a joke and it was not good, but <laughs> I didn't the want anything to go to waste. Joke was not well received. No. <laughs> so welcome in all of you. Uh, Dave, I believe, is working on some uh, a page on our website to yes. have you all. <laughs> I definitely am. Um, I'm just, I just got onto the Microsoft Team Bill Gates is not getting back to me though. Well, I think he's laying low uh, <laughs> since the protests in Melbourne last week, <laughs> where they were calling for the death of Bill Gates. <laughs> it's very really confusing. Is that because, because of coronavirus? Because it doesn't right. exist, and it's it, uh, it's come about because of five G. Yeah, remember, but that. it doesn't exist. But it, if it did, it was because of five G. Mm-hmm. Okay, so and I'm not a scientist, but that checks out to me. Yeah. So that brings us pretty much to the end of the episode, I think, Dave. Anything we need to say? No, just... Uh, yes, we do have to tell people they got to wash their butts. Wash your butts. Remember yes. to wash your butt? And hands, right? Oh, yes. Yeah. Mm, and be careful. The government asked us to pass that on. <laughs> be careful around fireworks. Yeah. Yeah, especially your butts mm. or your hands. And, your yeah, always remember, do what gays did and does. Win. What would gays do? Win. win. <laughs> <laughs> All guys do win. Uh, if you want to get in contact with us, we've got a website. It is dogoonpod.com. I mean, it's not as flash as we'd like it because Bill Gates won't return my emails. But you can go on there to get links to our merchandise. You can go on there to get links to our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We should get mugs. Yeah. I think mugs is a great idea. Mm. I want a mug. I love mugs. I love mugs so much. I have too many mugs. I want more. I want one more mug. <laughs> one more. <laughs> That's what you always say. I you want always a, say one I more. want our mugs on a mug. I'm so keen on that. I love a mug. Drinking an Earl Grey out of my own face. <laughs> then I will have arrived. My boyfriend. <laughs> That'll show Mrs. Xavier. <laughs> yeah. He's going to be a nobody, is he? 
Oh my god, sorry oh, about wow. that. Wow, you okay? No, nah, she was very su- she was very supportive. To Sounds me. like a she, bitch. No, well, she was a, she's a good teacher, but she did uh, she was the one who revealed Santa isn't real to me. Oh, of course. Which I know if kids are listening isn't true. I found that out since Santa is of course real. But uh, yeah, for a little while there, I thought Mrs. Xavier, you broke my heart. Why would she say that? A weird lie like that. That's psycho. Yeah. Yuck. Imagine, I mean, <laughs> if parents are letting kids listen to this and that's the thing that they get annoyed with. Yeah. We say words like, well, Dave doesn't have time to bleep. <laughs> yeah, there's just no time. time. No time, just imagine. But you can imagine. Beep. The word that our Prime Minister says but offends Americans. <laughs> <laughs> Universal health care. <laughs> Why do I do that? Um, Yeah, so get in contact with us if you'd like to suggest a topic. There's also, that's what I was going to say, you can link to the tab or the Google form that you can uh, tell us what topic you'd like us to do on the show through the website as well as our Patreon, patreon.com slash do go on pod. But I believe that is the end of us for this week. We will be back. We will return in Goldfinger. Uh, At the end of James Bond, it for always your says, ears only. It says James Bond will return, and often it says Dave, 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 Dave. For your ears only. It's good stuff. <laughs> Dave, Dave, Dave. Dave. Dave, validate me. Dave, uh, um, my name's Go On. Do Go On. <laughs> is that anything? <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, all right, there are all genius. the references I get. Um, uh, I'm Dr. Evil. <laughs> Oh, we gotta go. It's so late here. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll be back next week with another episode. But until then, we'll say thanks for listening and what would Gazy do? Goodbye! Later! Bye! And win. Wash your butt! This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, If you want, it's up to you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.